Hard work, work. Hard work. That's what they say. Hard work, work. Hard work. I earn my pay. Hard work, work. Hard work. Do it every day. All right. Well, welcome to another work ethic podcast. And I'm here today with a new friend of mine, someone I've connected with uh, pretty recently, actually, uh, Raphael Moyden. Is that how you say it? That's Moyden. right? Moyden. Got Nailed it. it. Uh, and so I'm going to just literally write off the heading of your LinkedIn, which I absolutely love. So I'm going to rattle off. So he's got some words here and then I'm going to toss you the ball to flesh out your introduction. But it says uh, under his name, husband, father, visionary, hyper futurist. Talk about tomorrow. Uh, blockchain, Web3 node, sustainability, exponential tech, value first, chief impact officer at Northstar Group. Why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and we're just going to wrap from there, man. It's awesome, man. Uh, John, it's good to be here, dude. I, uh, you know, we met, I think the first time I probably caught your store before you and I met when I was down at the, at, at Rhythm, right? Yep. When I was on the mm -hmm. campus and I had, I had really first gotten introduced to sort of the whole idea of what you and I always talk about, right? That, that community oriented goal of how do we, how do we all get included in the future, right? The future we want to create that looks like everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm a dad. Um, that's that's why I if if you know that about me, everything else makes sense. Okay, <laughs> it's 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 kind of weird, but um, you know, you have these. There's a there's a couple of moments in a guy's life, right? You know, heterosexual cisgender men. I I want to be clear for that because you sure. know our house, everyone means everyone, so we want to make sure that we're inclusive of that. But you know, for for a for a, a guy like me, you know, when you're when you're standing there. And you're looking here and everybody's looking here and she's looking at you. You're like, okay, life's about to get real, right? You're about, mm -hmm. about to get married, about to do the thing. And then the next time is they hand you this, this human and you're like, uh, okay, it's real again, right? This, mm -hmm. this human can do nothing without me, right? I, I have to do certain things for a certain amount of time before, before she can even manage. Yeah. And so we, we live in a townhouse, right? So it's, it's three stories and we have a lot of stairs, right? So we have a, a switchback and a switchback. And so there's like six sets of stairs. And my wife's like, well, we're going to need gates. And I was like, I don't want 12 gates in my house. No, no, there's no way I want that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I, I'm going to teach this kid how to, how to climb. I was like, we'll put one at the top so she doesn't fall down, but everything else, you know, she can't fall up the stairs. So we started out with this kind of you know, strong hands, strong feet is what we used to tell her, even as a baby. So she could kind of learn to figure out where she was. And it sort of turned into this whole, you know, philosophical mm -hmm. um, exploration as a, as an adult person training a tiny human AI, right? I, I gotta, I gotta give it, throw problems at it and then let it batch sort and tell me what it can't do and then keep throwing problems at it so they can keep growing. Um, one of my partners, Alex Kahana, we we do a lot of uh, work together. We, we we work with a lot of uh, startups. Um, I'm the chief impact officer for a fund, right? So I'm I'm um, I'm the poorest guy, you know, I'm the poorest venture capitalist you ever meet because I'm a philosopher in the boardroom, right? That's, That's awesome. it's kind of my deal. I, gig, I, I make man. sure that we talk about everyone because you know I was a licensed banker, I was a J.P. Morgan guy. It looked a lot like this, right? I was always the tannest guy in the room which, you know, wasn't a ton of diversity, you know, not knocking anybody. A lot of companies have done really well trying to do that. But Alex always says, you know, when you, when you grow a business, right, I just have to get my kid to learn how to walk and then she can learn to jump and skip and hop and run on her own. 
But with a business or with a startup or an organization or a project, you kind of got to get it to where it's raised up to where it can kind of do its own thing. And then you've parented enough and then it will do itself. And so, you know, it kind of went from strong hands, strong feet to where are my feet? And so the, the things that we say in my house, and if we, if, if my daughter pops in, we'll do a little quiz, but she's really good at this. We say, where are my feet? Can I be kind? Do the next right thing. Breathing the whole time. Carrie, hmm. if I, if I can just get her to understand that, cause I'm, I'm 40 years old, man, my kids two and a half. I don't know if you know too many people with toddlers, but they're not 40 usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, my wife and I started a bit later and, you know, weren't sure we were going to get one. Luckily for us, you know, we believe in God and God, you know, bless us. And not, not that we didn't pay for college before already once trying to get her here, mm-hmm. um, but it ended up working out. And so as I'm, as I'm raising my daughter here, I, I start thinking, you know, where are my feet? So I'm, I'm, my wife loves it because she's, she's like, you got to write this stuff down because that's, this is what you're teaching our kids. So we can yeah. remember it later. And I, I started looking a lot at, at the business relationships that I had, right. The, the relationships with people and the reason that I'm so good, we, we joke that when people ask my kid what, what her dad does for work, she's going to say, my daddy be's nice for work <laughs> because that, that's what we do, John. I mean, you and I both, we be nice. And the, the only reason is because listening is kindness, right? And if I'm teaching my kid, where are my feet? Can I be kind? Listening means kindness. I got to be able to, if my feet are here and I'm working with somebody else, their, their view of the horizon is different than mine. I was flying the other night uh, with a good friend of mine who uh, happens to be a teams guy. He was a, he's a, he was a SEAL. And, you know, we talk about the difference in perspective from the seat of a pilot, right? In, in, a, in a Cessna 172, if I say we're going to go in a straight line and I set the, the heading and he says we're going to go in a straight line and sets the heading, when we take off that one degree difference could put us in very different places. Mm-hmm. That's crazy when you think about we do all of these things in interaction in concert with other humans and we don't try to put ourselves either where their feet are or take ourselves out of our perspective and try to stand either behind them or next to them or near them or get as close as we can so that we can see what their perspective is. Cause I can't help you solve problems if I don't know what you're seeing, right? What's your horizon look like? And you know, the last, my daughter will be three at the end of November. Um, the last three years, it's really been a kind of full on change paradigm shift game changer, man. I'm in, I'm in the web three space, right? So um, everybody's like, oh, cool. You're, you're in uh, Bitcoin. <laughs> I remember our founder, uh, my friend, he, um, he was my intern youth pastor when I was in middle school. So I've known this guy over 20, over 25 years. He called me one day and he's like, Hey man, I know you do some consulting and you know, you're into the Bitcoin stuff. I'm like blockchain. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, big difference. I'm like, you know, Bitcoin, blockchain, PayPal, internet, right? They're, you know, different. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's kind of a good, he goes, yeah, see, I don't get it, but I'm looking at all these deals and I need your help. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. I said, but I mean, you know me, man, I'm the black and brown kids guy. I don't think technology is innovation if it only works in New York and Singapore and Dubai. I needed to work in Lagos. I needed to work in Lesotho. I needed to work in Milwaukee. I needed to work in any place with 2G internet and a smartphone, right? Otherwise, I don't think it's innovation. 
if you have to have a internet connection and a desktop and power, okay, well, good. We've just eliminated 7 billion people on the planet, right? This will be great for the billion people who can participate. That's that's not how I want to do this anymore because I remember what we did before. I, I lived through the 2008 financial crisis, right? We, uh, Our company, our my family had a manufacturing company and hostile takeover at Y2K um, because of everything that was going on with the fear of that. There's a way to tech technology now and code it for good, mm-hmm. right? We can... We can code because we know what the bias is, what the ghost is in the machine, right? I can code for the bias. I can I can help people understand and get out of their way by providing them technological innovation that allows them to be able to interact with people direct one-to-one in the same way as you could without the Dunbar number of 150, right? The reason humanity is, has kicked ass, pardon my language, and, and we were able to beat out all the other homo blank it neanderthal whatever is because of the fact um we could do community right we could i could take an idea and with very little you know some people think that um music and rhythm might have predated actual language um because you hear the natural rhythm in the universe right but we were able to communicate from one person to another no matter how limited our vocabulary skill was or if you're you know a, a phd in you know, esoteric writing, there's a, there's a skill there in terms of communication. And we can do that now as people better than any other beings on the planet, right? Um, Yuval Noah Harari talks about it in his book, Sapiens. Um, you know, a lot of people do things because of myth, right? Large groups believe in myths. So you have, so you have group think so people can organize around a common goal. I just decided that this whole idea of distributed everything sounded cool. So how do I do the build a team, make everybody want to help? And, you know, how, how do how do I sort, right? We have to batch sort, I, you know, friend, foe, that kind of thing. Chimpanzees can only go to about 150 in a troop. Um, otherwise, it starts to, you know, when they when they interact, it becomes war and not bringing people in. That's why, you know, people always say we're, uh, we're slightly closer to bonobos in our kind of the in the DNA that we share, right? We're all carbon-based life forms anyways. It doesn't matter if you're looking at a rock or an elephant or we share some, we're all built from stardust, right? I, I'm one of those people who believes that there was somebody who flipped a switch at some point. Um, that somebody is a very limiting term, but I, I believe there's something much larger than all of us that that I think you and I recognize sort of helps ordain some of the, the steps and has built this, um, this crazy universe, multiverse, earth, planet, everything, right? Everything is on... It's so specific that it works. It's it's a miracle, right? John Plankinghorn, uh, Reverend Sir Reverend John Plankinghorn, uh, Polkinghorn, is a um, is a is a scientist, and he actually, when he retired, he became uh, a minister. And people are like, you know, you're a you're, you're a physicist, man. You're a scientist. How can you you know, teach God? And he goes, the more I dig into it, the more I realize there's somebody far smarter than me, or something was in charge to design it this way, because. The, the idea of all of this happening by accident, it just, the math doesn't match. And so I said, okay, we're here for a reason. What is that? And I think I got to figure out how to partner with my neighbor because, you know, my townhouse, right? I share a wall with my neighbor. My security and safety is directly correlated to the person on the other side of this wall. Mm-hmm. Half of my house 
belongs to this other person. So if he and I don't get along or if his house is on fire, I'm not going to just sit here and be like, well, no big deal. It's okay. I got a wall. We share space. We hold space with other humans. And I saw too much white picket fence, right? Everybody get theirs. This is my yard, my things. I want to tear down the fences and I want to make everything back the commons. I want to allow people to live, work, play, shop, consume, build, repair, raise their kids, go to their church, synagogue, mosque, temple, whatever, all where they live. Because you used to have to, you know, people still lie, cheat, and steal to get in this country, man. Mm -hmm. uh, there was people, a whole truckload found in Texas, man, of people who risked their lives and lost them to get to a country that 90% of the planet lives on less than $38,000 a year, right? If you ask somebody in the United States that makes $38,000 a year, if they are better off than nine out of 10 people that are alive on the planet, they would probably disagree with you because their paradigm of understanding for what is wealth or what is enough is very different. I was sitting at a I was sitting at the lake the other day. We live in Minnesota. It's the land of 10,000 lakes. So you can pretty much throw a rock and hit a lake. And so it's beautiful, especially in the summer. And I was sitting at this lake and I had a, you know, I had a bottle of water in one hand and some and beef jerky. And then I had like trail mix. And I think I had apricots because I like apricots. And, I, and I'm, I'm kind of holding it and I've got a book. And I'm looking at this and I'm going, Napoleon, with all of his power, could not have what I have in my hand at this moment. Right. Right. I'm richer than billions. I, I, I say my wife is probably, it's obnoxious to live with me. It's probably like living with Blippi, right? The, the kid's guy on YouTube. Because I wake up, it's a good day. I, I've been given another 24, right? Mm -hmm. And that means I can take two steps, right? If I know where my feet are, I can pivot in any direction in 360 degrees every time I step. That means I'm capable of doing anything. I, I'm four-wheel drive, man. I, being a sweats kid, I'm also an all-weather tire, right? I'm built for both climates, but I'm, I, I can do and go anywhere if I know where I am, because if I don't know where my feet are, I don't know how to get my balance. And if I'm not balanced, I can't help anybody up. There's a lot of people off balance and there's a lot of people in the world that um, the Ukraine's a great example. You know, they say we have a couple million refugees and there's, there's more refugees now than have ever existed on the planet. I prefer the term mobile citizen because six months ago, you know, a year ago, there was two guys in the Ukraine, probably one in Russia and one in Ukraine doing exactly this, right? Living in the metaverse on a Zoom, talking to each other, interviewing, doing a podcast, speaking a similar language, looking the same, having a very similar lived experience, but maybe the terrain's a bit different. And then the next thing you know, you have powers fighting powers, and they're using human pawns to move their agendas forward. I can't live in a world like that because right now we are running up a tab at the bar and taking all of the resources we can. And we're about to be like deuces and then leave the bill to my kid and to the kids that you know, and just say, hey, hope you guys can figure this out. Mm -hmm. So if I tell my daughter that I love her, I have to go out and say, hey, kid, look, we so fancy that you can put your poop in our drinking water, push a button and send it out of our house every time you go to the bathroom. That's technology. Mm -hmm. Put your poop in your drinking water, send it out of the house. There's 4 billion people on the planet that don't have consistent drinking water. Mm -hmm. I recognize my privilege there. So it's, Miha, 
daddy's got to go make sure that the other kids can get some of what we have because someday when you work with them when you cooperate this planet right when you're when you're steering the big blue marble together they're either going to be helping you or she's going to have to pull them along and teach them and bring them up to a level of basics where she can help because we don't know if this is not going to be a zombie apocalypse right we're in a fourth turning all of the data the tea leaves you ask anybody ray dalio moriarty i mean there's all these guys out there um Neil, I, last time I said it wrong, I said the guy from the, the pickup artist, Neil Howe, I think is his name. I think I said Neil something. It was a different dude. Um, but, you know, fourth turning. So my job here is to go out, know where my feet are, help people find theirs, and then get them to where they are a mobile citizen where I can say, hey, let's figure out what do you need? Food, clothing, shelter? Cool. Because all of the old reasons, you know, oh, we have to build roads and then we have to run power and then we have to run water and then we have to run sewer. And that's how we can help people. That's bullshit. I can put a 40 foot container anywhere on the planet with surgical accuracy. And inside of that container, I can make it do anything. So now when you tell me I can put data at the edge that can be trusted and owned, the digital sovereignty can be made by the miner of that new oil, that new oil, right? We're all roughnecks. We're making data all the time. I'm wearing this. I'm carrying this. Right. Mm -hmm. What's on here is valuable to somebody, but not in one unit. If I can put a whole bunch of people's data together, I can allow us to have really clean signal to find out the nervous system of the planet and what needs to be fixed where. And I can geofence what I'm going to do. That to me was a game changer. I read the the Bitcoin white paper, I think, in 2015. Mm -hmm. And it was like nine pages to change the world, man. I told my wife, I go, oh, this will get you suicided by a Rothschild. I'm like, this, this will, this will <laughs> never happen. This is beautiful, but it'll never happen. <laughs> so how do I get involved? Fast forward to now, I'm a dad, I'm working in a fund, and now I get to be all these wild places and hear people's wild businesses and help make them happen. That's my job. How do I hold people's arms up? Use it, to use another biblical reference. I don't want anybody to know my name, but I can be an Aaron all day. Daddy B is nice for work. <laughs> I love it, man. God, it's that's um there's so many things you you've already hit on that I wanna I wanna like kind of navigate. Um <laughs> so so but I do think it's a really helpful, like you did a good job really starting and finishing with fatherhood and how that orients itself to the future and like what it is both to teach the next generation kind of like from the i love the strong hands strong feet and be kind do the next right thing breathe and then like how to embody that as well like both the you know, it's like you want to say it but then it's just propaganda if you're not embodying that thing and then trying to like find ways to do that and it sounds like you found yourself in a really sweet spot where there's people investing in tomorrow and what's going to come next and how these things are going to be leveraged. And like, I couldn't think of a better place to, to, to be, to have, to be exposed to all of these things. Um, I am, I guess let's do this because so, so for, you know, the theme of this show, I, I really am interested in people's relationship to work. Um, there's a lot of things that I, I'll ask most people that I talk to. Um, but not everyone is a parent. And because you framed yourself that way, I want to start there. Like, um, you were talking about what you're, I think you've answered this a bit, um, in the abstract, but in the specifics, when you think about, okay, well, 
I'm gonna, I'm just gonna prep you. I'm going to yeah. ask you, but don't answer this yet. I'm going okay. to ask you, what is your earliest memory of work? Like what, like thinking back to the earliest thing when the word took on meaning in your life, what's your earliest memory? Okay. Actually, you know what? Let's go in that order. Go ahead and a- a- answer that. Um, yeah. Like what, what is your earliest memory when that word took on meaning for you? Like how did, it, how did you come to understand what work is? So I, you know, I look at it from, from a stewardship perspective, right? You know, I, I don't always like saying I'm a dad because sometimes people are moms or they don't have children. Right. And I, I don't always say parent because sometimes you get the just add water family, right? You know, I, you, you marry somebody, you add kids in, yep. but it's stewardship. Right. And, and my parents, that was who showed me what work was, right? My grandfather built a business. Uh, at one point we had 350 people on our payroll. We were in six countries. Um, you know, we built a giant company. If you do any brewery tour, uh, in the country, you can see machines that, uh, my dad and my grandpa's names are on the pad. What, what was the business? It was called Fleetwood systems. It still exists today. It actually was acquired by a company called Barry Waymiller. Um, I'm not going into that, but sure. Sure. Um, there was, you know, there was, there was some stuff it's that we had brewing equipment. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we, 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 we manufactured, um, packaging equipment for, uh, I say that Philip Morris and uh, Anheuser-Busch paid for everything I had when I was a kid because they used to buy all our machines. So I did my best to support them in college, um, <laughs> you know, get back. But um, stewardship is really what it is, right? What what type of resource, what type of talents have you been given? And then how do you use those? Um, I remember being in the nursery um, in church when I was a kid. And you know, being Mexican, one of the things is once there's someone smaller than you in diapers, it becomes your responsibility to help with the diapers of the one smaller, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's the age limit. Yep. Um, and, and my parents walked the walk, man. They, they, they are, they're, they're Christians for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, raised in the church, but they never talked about being Christians. They just did stuff that showed me that people were valuable. Mm. So we worked in the nursery at church, right? My mom was a flight attendant. And so for her, her job was seeing other cultures, seeing other people and, and, ferrying them from point A to point B, whether it was going home or going somewhere else. And I did a lot of travel with my mom. She used to take us on trips with her, which is cool. I was just talking with a friend about, I went to Buenos Aires with her a couple of times. I've been all over the world, blessed to have been all over the world for super cheap with my mom as a flight attendant. And then, you know, I'd go to Fleetwood with my dad and I would hear the machines and I would, I would smell the oil and the grinding and the welding. And I mean, it smelled like work. It was work. I, there was a, there was a circular, like, hand washing sort of urinal thing in the locker room at at one of our plants in in chicago and i I still remember what the smell is every time i smell something similar it's instant olfactory memory and so i i watched my my grandpa build a really large company based around technology and empowering his employees right by making them more effective efficient safe innovative he benefited right the company benefited writ large you know, my mom was awesome because we we come from both my parents were raised, you know, poor. Um, and they had that mindset of, you know, we grew up middle class and 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 I recognized the privilege in that, right? I I, I was in a, a a very upper middle class white neighborhood. You know, it's weird when you feel poor in a neighborhood and you're very middle class and, and you realize that you have family that is dirt floor poor back in other countries mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So it's kind of a weird paradigm. But work to me was just recognizing compatriots and 
turning on a team to accomplish a goal, whether that was to watch the kids so the parents could sit in church or to prepare meals or prepare bags of um, dry goods, sundries, blankets, and go down to um, Lower Wacker Drive in Chicago and give them out on Friday nights. You know, work was an exchange of time, sometimes for money, sometimes not. And that gave me a really different understanding. My, my wife laughs because in, in this business, right, it's you got to kill to eat. So if, if we're not helping build a business or we're not helping somebody exit or we're not helping somebody raise money or we're not helping to to build something, um, I'm like a, a, a high-end realtor, right? I got to market the $5 million property and I got to spend all the money and meet all the people and do all the things. I got to spend and do a lot. Of, and then eventually I'll get a piece of when the whole thing, when the, when the algorithm completes, mm -hmm. then I get a piece of that. And my wife laughs. She goes, that's a really good way of explaining the fact that you don't get paid all the time. <laughs> she goes, you're really good at the talky talky, but what you mean is you don't get paid on a consistent basis. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, but I said it nicer. Yeah. That's work to me. There's not always money. Right. Well, it's, it's still work yeah. to be done. It's interesting too. Like you, you kind of even answer that in the sense of like team. So team, the exchange of time, you know, and, and, and a lot of folks will answer that um, pretty immediately about employment, like the, 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 the exchange of like what you did for money. And often I'll be like, I'll wonder like, well, what else, you know, there's things you work at. There's things you work hard at, like being a dad that aren't mm -hmm. that way. There's things you work hard at, maybe working out or something like that. And so as you're, if, if, if let's fast forward into the future, I'm, I'm interviewing your daughter. Um, and I ask her, what are your earliest memories of work? Um, what do you think she would say? What do you hope she would say? What are you aiming for her to say? Like, I'm curious how okay. you're thinking about that lesson in her okay. life. What, it, what do I think she would say? And what do I hope she would say? Yeah. Um, I'm hoping I'm here still, right? 40, 40 with a two-year-old. <laughs> My, we were out, we were at a football game last night. My wife graduated from the university of Minnesota. And so she's had uh, season tickets for, for years, for over 10 years. Wow. So we go to all the games and I went with my buddy. He went early because his daughter, now mind you, he and I are very close in age. He had to drop stuff off to his daughter who is in the University of Minnesota. And so I'm looking at him, I go, well, uh, very different life stages here. So I'm trying to think about, you know, when she would be that age, what she would say, right? I'll be in my late sixties and I travel a lot, right? I got to go places to meet yep. people, to do things. Yep. Um, I, I hope that she would say it's kind of a interesting introspective question. Actually, right? I don't know. I'm gonna have to pull it together. <laughs> kind of a really interesting way to look at that. Um, I hope that she says that my dad loves everyone because there's just not enough people being shown that everyone matters. Mm. There's not, I mean, yeah, I don't normally get this kind of, you know, I'm passionate. Everybody knows that they yep. hear it when I speak. That's yeah. why I, that's why people hire me to do the talkie talkie. Right. Yep. Cause I talk pretty, but it, it breaks my heart to think about I was reading a story the other day. There's a there's a book that was written here in Minnesota. I live about 30 minutes from where the George Floyd thing happened. Mm -hmm. 
So there's been some very serious conversations about race in, in our state. And it's really cool because we're a purple state. It, you know, if the governor is one color, the, the lieutenant governor is the other team, right? Mm-hmm. And so they've had to work across the aisle. And we, we do some good integration. There's some good diversity. And there's a lot of conversations about, you know, what race is now, what your identity is now. And, and I really hope that my my daughter says that, you know, my dad lived our sort of our ethos of everyone means everyone. And when I explain the everyone means everyone, people are like, oh, I get that. That's fine. And I said, no, I, I want to be clear when I say this. We need to see people first. Mm-hmm. I can't find out where somebody's feet are if I don't see them and look them in the eye mm-hmm. and ask, how can I help? Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing so much walking by everyone else. Uh, yeah, I hope she says that my dad showed me that everybody matters. Because you may need to help someone. You may need to rely on them, right? I don't, I don't assume that I can help everybody. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a kingmaker. I'm not Mark Andreessen, right? I, I don't, I don't own all of Web three and plan to centralize it. Sorry, A16Z, that was a dick. But you know, I, um, I don't have the skill sets to do all that. But what I do have is I have a really interesting way to be able to connect with people because when I ask them, you know who they are, what they do, what matters to them. For as much as I talk, I try to shut up and listen. And so that's what my daughter is going to say, because I'm arranging my life in a way to show her that that's what, that's what we do. One of the things that um, there's one of the things that we, as we talk about our relationship to work, we often realize there's like what we expend, what we spend energy for, what we put our attention on time into what we sacrifice for. Right. So it's clear, like, you're like, I'm passionate about this thing. I want to do this thing. I want to embody this thing. I want to, and I want to sacrifice for that. Like maybe sometimes we don't get paid all the time, but like we need to do the next right thing, breathe our way through this, kind of take that step, um, listen, try to help. And, and so as you, even it, even, you know, what she, your daughter's coming up on three, right? Coming up on three. Yeah. But even at three years old, like there's a kind of work, like with, with children, it's like play and work are very much the same. And hopefully for lots of people, they, they are the same later in life as well. Um, a lot, a lot of times, but there's a lot of things we have to like, there's things that are hard to do that we need to do Um, that, you know, for, for children, sometimes it could be just opening a doorknob. Right. Like I can't get the door open. There's there's like, don't give up. You can get this right. Like figuring that out, learning that. And then, and then, you know, at some point it's a sport and at some point it's school and at some point it's a relationship and at some point. And, and I guess like, as, so you've, you kind of answered that well, and it was, you know, as it was like your like work as understood, like by watching you. Um, and I'm curious if there's, and I think this is, like I said, a bit embedded a little bit in these lessons you're telling her, like where your feet are, he's kind of really yeah. key lessons here. Um, what about the way that she would talk about, um, like herself, like, and, and herself in relationship to like doing hard things or, you know what I mean? Like accomplishing yeah. something or tenacity or seeing something through, yeah. like, talk to me a little bit about that. So, <laughs> 
I have this. I had a dad internship uh, for a year. Wait, I, come uh, out. Okay, sister. wait. What? It, yeah, go on. Okay. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so this is the, so this is a good one. So okay. um, my my first my first kids were my niece and nephew. Okay. Um, my sister and her husband had lived, they lived in Texas and I was in Chicago and, um, I had gotten out of the factoring, uh, industry and my buddy had a bar in, in Chicago and I'm a young single guy. And he's like, Hey man, I need somebody to run my bar. Can you, can you come do that? And I was like, uh, yeah, it's a half block from Wrigley field and I'm a single dude and I run a bar. I feel like this is a recipe for disaster is the word I was looking for, but what I thought was awesomeness. Mm -hmm. And so my sister's like, all right, so you left the bar, you're out of that. I gotta, I gotta four, six week old kid. And I, and her and her husband both traveled a lot for work overnight mm -hmm. trips. She's like, mm -hmm. I can't find an overnight babysitter, man. I know you're good with kids, right? Again, back to the, we've been in a nursery since we were forever old. So I'm really good at this. Um, and I was like, sure. I haven't lived in Texas in a couple of years. And she's like, Hey, you know, we kind of share our yard with the neighbor. He's got a pool house. He's got a pool. We can, you can come down and help me out here. Mm -hmm. Give me, give me like a month or two. I was like, sure. So I got on to Texas and we're living in Dallas. And so I've got a, a two-year-old and like a six, maybe an eight-week-old mm. from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. every day. Two-year-old goes to daycare some of the days, but I've got my niece, right? So we're we're going, you know, I'm doing the thing. I got the baby Bjorn. I'm rocking the baby <laughs> matching outfits. She's got the bows. I'm going to the park. There's a... um. White Rock Lake was right by the house. And so I would take her there because there's this beautiful botanical garden. And I would walk around and it'd be me and like the au pairs and the babysitter ladies, like not a lot of straight single dudes, especially not ones who it wasn't your kid. Mm -hmm. It was awesome, right? You ever need to pick up a chick, call your friend, <laughs> borrow their baby, <laughs> strap them in a baby Bjorn and go do anything mm -hmm. because women be talking to you. Yeah. Okay. And match the clothes. That's the key. Make sure you do matchy matchy. <laughs> we did fan. We I call them fancy AF Fridays. And so we would go. I go hard, right? She'd be. I'd be in pink pants. She'd be in like a a, a pink dress. I just you know, I feel like I can rock anything because I'm just tan enough that if I don't talk, people assume I have an accent, so I can dress that way. Uh huh. So that was my. So I spent a year, right? I stayed a year. It was so much fun. I ended up luckily. I I met my wife there um in texas mm -hmm. while i was doing that so for for whatever reason she fell for some dude who was a manny uh, i wasn't even working at this point so you didn't meet you know, her with the baby strap to you that wasn't is that how you picked up your wife i mean <laughs> so all right so there was some pictures of me with the baby strap to me on my tinder on my t-shirt <laughs> let's just say let's just say baby on you on tinder is like bait and it works <laughs> okay all right so so yeah, so so that was that was really cool, right? And but mm -hmm. that was work. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I was exchanging my time yeah. for value. Mm -hmm. right? I didn't get paid a lot. Ask my sister, she'll be like, hey, you know, I wish we could have paid you more. I'm like, it's okay. I, I loved it, you know. Yeah. Food and rent was was covered. And that's something that I wanna I, I definitely want to try to come back to that because our relationship between um exchange of time for store of value is something that I think needs to uh, sort of have the, the paradigm shifted a bit, um, based on our post-agricultural economy, right? Going from hunter gatherers where your job was to hunt and gather, stay alive, build community, share resources, share safety. I mean, you ask Margaret Mead, um, share, share community, share people, right? There's a lot of these, these 
countries, these tribes that have never been touched, they share spouses, right? They talk about how the men are much more maternal um, because they don't know whose baby it is because they kind of all have the thing together because everything, the, the share of the community, it'd be weird that the only resource you didn't share was each other, mm -hmm. right? Because that builds resilience into the system. And so my my daughter is cute because my my wife says I'm I'm slightly better at this because I have more experience. And you know, uh, once you once you've seen something, I think it was uh, another SEAL guy, maybe Jocko or David Goggins, somebody like that. They said if you've seen something done one time, you are exponentially more capable of repeating the behavior than if you've never seen it or just read it. Right? Mm -hmm. Tying your shoes. I can describe it to you all day long, but if, if I show it to you once, there's like a hundred times more likely chance that you can do it rather than just from the from the from the lab, from the academic side of, of just thinking about it. And so my daughter will cry and I'll say, hey, you got to come two steps. If you come two steps, I will pick you up. And she'll be losing her. Mm. I'm like, you got to come two steps so that daddy knows you can come two steps. And you know you can come two steps because we can always go. And she says, two steps. Hmm. I mean, it's it's wild. I have a bunch of these videos I send them to my friends, and they're like, dude, your kid is like TikTok, YouTube, gold. I'm like, <laughs> I hate social media. So that's not happening, but I'll send it to you. Yep. So we can always go two steps, right? We can do hard things. There's um guy on YouTube. Man, I just realized I I've watched a lot of former operators talk yeah. on YouTube. I think, yep. I think the algorithm is working, right? They're suggesting stuff. Oh, they but, keep coming. You know, yeah. Oh, you like, yeah. you like, you like Goggins. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I like, I like Elaine de Botton and then, you know, David Goggins, but there's another guy, his name is Chad. I can't remember his last name, but he's got this killer accent, right? He's, he's backwoods mountain guy, you know, went, had heart surgery to fix something to become a Navy SEAL. Cause they wouldn't let him. He had some sort of thing, right? That's a bad dude. But he talks about, he says, the difference between us and anybody else is we just get hard when it gets hard, mm -hmm. right? All the rest of the time, you don't have to, but when it gets hard, get hard. Mm -hmm. I want my daughter to understand that we can do hard things because we can do it two steps at a time and we can go all day long. There's not anything that I'm doing that anybody can stop me from going two steps. I don't care if it's a wall. We can always go two steps. So for, so for my daughter, stress testing right training under ah you know yeah i didn't get my passy or I, her favorite is that's not the spoon i wanted i'm like this is a tool not a toy right we we don't we don't cry when we get what we want you said you wanted a spoon we don't cry when we get what we want i gave you a spoon and we don't cry when we get what we deserve that's another thing in our house right if she's hey be careful and then she falls i'm like you're not allowed to cry because I told you and you knew that was dangerous. And this is a repercussion for what you did. So we don't cry when we get what we want and we don't cry when we get what we deserve. Mm. I'm probably a bit hard on her, but I do realize that the future may have more Ukraine, not less. Yeah. And I'll bet you, if you asked all those people over there, if they could have been in whatever the version is of Boy Scouts to be able to figure out how to do some basic survival things. Um, a lot of them have learned it since. Yeah. Uh, they probably wish they would have had a little bit more familiarity with it before. Yeah. So my plan is I'm gonna call it backyard survival. Um, I, I was gonna turn the thing, but it'll throw the whole deal off. So there's a like a little marsh and some trees behind us, and like 20 feet of yard. Right, it's a townhouse. We don't have a yard, yep. but it's it's a it's enough space. It's more space than most people have on the planet. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm going to, I'm going to walk her through basic wilderness survival, man. We're going to be building drop traps and we're going to be starting fire and we're going to be, you know, trying to figure out how to make gorge. Have, have you watched, that might be have you watched alone by the way? I love that show. My, my wife, I can't, my I, wife I, like, I put I it on the other night scary. thinking this won't distract me. I'm going to get my work done. I'll just have this stupid, boring show on. And yes. now I'm ruined. I'm like, as you yeah. started to rush, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in. This is so <laughs> you're, you're just like, this is yeah. crazy. And and what's crazier to me, right? Those on alone. I don't know if you know this about that show, but um, so I'm a I'm an advisor for National Lampoon, right? They're they're re-releasing the the brand as a Web three. So I oh, kind really? of have to be around this bit, yeah. So and that's public knowledge. So there, there's been press releases and stuff. So I can nice. I can share that, but. Um, you know, we talk about how do we bring in things that people are consuming nowadays and do it in a way where we monetize the creator. You know, those people on a loan don't make a dime if they don't win. Right. They well, don't even get paid. They, most of them do quite well after they're off the show. After, right? Their yeah, social yeah, yeah, media, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, open yeah. their fit, school. Like you love them. You're like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm always I like, go where train are they? I got to find that dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yes. that's right. That's right there. It's just, they just had that experience. And that's work, right? Keeping yourself yeah. alive. Oh my god! Up until faces off out there, <laughs> dude. You, you, what are you doing? Trying to not die. Yeah, which, which, it, it's such a primal, basic like that. At some level, it's like what everyone's doing all of the time at some very, very, very basic level. And then, yeah, they put these folks out there. Even the dude that just sat still an entire season, it's like he was just like, if I spend no calories, I might be okay. <laughs> I might, I might be able to outlast. He's like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done is nothing. It's just do nothing. Talk about a Vipassana, right? Right. That's your, yeah. But, but that's, but that's kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about here. It's how do, how do we show kids that being alive is work, man. She wakes up in this beautiful house, right? I feel bougie because my townhouse is new and I lived in a perfectly good used townhouse before, but with the real estate market the way it was, it was easier to just buy a new one because you didn't have to write a heartfelt letter and pay, you know, $40,000 more than the house was worth. That's bupkis. I'm not paying more for something than it's worth. Mm-hmm. So we have a new house and, it, and it's wonderful. And I, and I couldn't be happier and I never dreamed I'd have a new home. So it's a wonderful thing, but like somebody has to work for everything that everyone has, like the books behind you. Yeah. Right? Think about the amount of people that had to invest energy to make one of those books. Right from the from the paper, right? Mm-hmm. The trees, harvesting, pulping, people at the factory manufacturing the paper, right? That's just to make a book. That's just to make the blank paper on the inside. You've got somebody designing the cover. You've got people editing. You've got writers. You've got the people researching throughout the whole thing, right? These are all jobs that we've been able to invent because we've had the um, we've had the leverage of the first industrial revolution, right? Steam. So we can leverage our human power. So we we can become stronger than we were and and multiply, right? Then you add in electricity. Now we can do the same thing that steam can do, but we can do it with a, a sort of a different um, analog mm-hmm. that that leverages human capacity, right? Then you have the the internet, right? The age of information, Web one, right? Where you can where you can read anything right? Where anything can be posted to us, somebody controls what we see, but anything can be posted to us and we can consume whatever that is. Then you've got the web two, right? Where you can kind of read, write. Uh, We can be the content creators, but there's the rent seekers who monetize it for us on their platforms. And, you know, they'll throw us a bone if you get a million subscribers, but otherwise, you know, thanks for playing. 
um, Don Tapscott, the guy who wrote Blockchain Revolution, um, talks about how in 1973, if you got a million plays, you made $47,000. In 2002, if you get a million plays on Spotify, you get like 36 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Thousand X decrease. Yeah. In what you can make. But if memory serves correctly, it's easier for us to distribute. So we didn't have to do all the things that cost money before. So that Delta there is not going to the creator anymore. And that was my fear because everybody's creating these new businesses in the future, these new ideas, right? So some of these people alone, these people on alone, what was their investment? They invested time. Yeah. And then at the end, they were able to get paid money, right? Nobody's going to be like, hey, dude, if you go sit in the woods for 90 days, I bet I can make you a hundred grand a year. Right. But now that that's a thing, right? You can be a vapid human, Right. And you can have really great eyelashes and you and your family can decide you want to dominate industries because people are going to consume what you give them. Mm -hmm. Jobs and work. It's a new conversation, man. It's a, it's a brave new world. All right. So, so many, so many threads to pull on, but because so that jobs and work piece, I want to, I want to give you a little bit of insight into why I wanted to have this, not this, I mean, this conversation with you, but this conversation with the hundred other people that I've talked to the work know, ethic that, idea. I love it. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, like why, like, why did I want to do this? And, and I mean, there's a lot of reasons. And I mean, at the, at the, the impulse was I actually taught a, a class for a group of folks that was like developing a philosophy and theology of work. And I, I just realized during this like eight week class that we did or four week class, I forget, I think it was a half a summer we did this. And um, I realized like, there's nothing I'd rather talk about, but I can't just like be doing this all the time. Right. Like I got other stuff going on. I, I got to like, pay my I, bills. I can explore these ideas with other people, but I realized I was really fascinated with the question around work, but at the heart of it, this, this, what this like jobs and work piece. So you mm-hmm. just said, a few minutes ago, you said being alive is work. And I'll, I'll just say like in response, like, like something in me, like jumped when you said that, I love that. Like I wrote that down as a quote. I love that line. And I, I often get frustrated with the idea of let's say work-life balance. <clears throat> and the reason is because it conceptually separates work and life. Like work is something I go 100%. do rather than something I live to do. Right. Mm-hmm. I do. I work so that I can live rather than I live to build something, live to create something, live to provide value or do something like that. Because I, I, at some fundamental back to the like philosophy, theology class, like I believe I was created to be a creator, right. To, to, to do something, but I also work with, and I've been around you and you are uh, to say like my, I work with, and like I'm using, I walk with Mm -hmm. many, many, many people, human beings that do not have employment. They do not have jobs. And um, I I see that it it is deadly um, not to have work. Um, but it but it isn't 
and so so like and i stole this so there's a hero of mine in the 20s this crazy frenchman named peter morin who was part of the what with dorothy he got with dorothy day in new york right yes. around the time of the great depression and talked her into starting this thing called the catholic worker which some people will know about that's a, a i love this dude we mostly know about him through dorothy day's writing he wrote these little easy essay things or whatever but there's a story she told about him and i just started echoing it like i read it i went that's brilliant i'm gonna do the same thing so during the great depression, if you like, if you don't know them, a lot of the old like bread line images is like Catholic mm -hmm. worker houses where they'd have soup, bread, whatever yep. the bread lines, great depression time. So he would go say there's a bread line and a bunch of dudes came through, um, able-bodied men sitting around eating a bunch of free food. And he would go and he'd sit down at the table with his like accent, whatever he'd say, why aren't you working? And they go, well, there's no work. And he's like, there's work everywhere. And he's like, no, like, no, he's like, no, they're like, nobody's hiring. And he's like, what does that have to do with working? Like hire. That's a, okay. That's a different conversation. That sounds like hiring. something my mom would say. Yeah, he's like, well, what is that? No one's hiring. He's like, that has nothing to do with working. There's work everywhere you look. Look outside. Does that road dirty? Someone should clean it up. Look over there. Is that lady need help carrying it? Someone should help carry it. There's is everywhere. Go grab it. Everywhere you look is work. And if, and, 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 and if you give your, if you, you need work like you need this bread. You need to do hard things and pick up heavy things. You need to work for your own sake so that you can stand back and go, look what I have accomplished. Look at the two steps that I just took, right? And you need that regard, like do it for yourself. And if you offer your work as a gift to the community, chances are that eventually the community will look out for you, right? So, so invest in like a social security, right? Like Boom. work for that. So then I, I just started echoing that with folks and I had this real kind of conviction around work. Now, obviously there's an economic piece and like, I will say there was a time we were running a drop-in center and all these folks were working like, like as hard as any of us, a lot of whom lived on the streets and it was, it was beautiful. Many of them took ownership, ran hold the keys, ran the little bike shop that we had before this bike shop. It was called the recycle bin. It was in a, a shipping container behind this homeless drop-in center we were running. So we had a bunch of broken bikes and tools. And I was like, look, if you need transportation, you could probably figure it out. There's a bunch of broken bikes or some tools. It's open a few days a week and people would go out there and work on it and then ride off on these janky Franken bikes that they made. And this, that, we're going to come back to that. Cause those 40 foot containers, I'm a big fan and I like putting them yeah. places. We're yeah, 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 yeah. That. I've got, I've got, I've got lots of ideas for them too. So, so we, and then I was like, look, we don't, you don't have work and you don't have food. So let's work together in the yard. Let's grow some food. Okay. I'm going to skip all this little rap about things we did, but we work together. Now I will just to, to put a bow on that after a long enough period of time of doing that. And I was like, man, this is like heaven touch earth. It's the most beautiful thing ever people were. And by the way, we had people get paying jobs leave us to go take because we would connect them with folks get paying jobs quit this is where i was like we have to start businesses they would quit they would come back and work with us like working washing dishes in the thing or doing the garden and i'm like but we're not paying you like you can go in there and get some groceries you can take a shower here we had some resources but like it wasn't it was volunteer work but they're like yeah but here I'm seen, I'm heard, I'm part of a team. It's meaningful. I'm investing in the, I'm giving myself as like, I'm like a missionary to the community here. I, and, and, and over there, they looked down on me. They talked down on me. They treated me like a charity case. Mm -hmm. They were disrespectful. Like I'm not someone's dog. 
And I'd Don't rather get me started on those so, people. Right. So, but it happened all the time. So they come back. So I was like, hmm, there's something we're doing that's working relationally and around this yeah. work. It's meaningful. But a lot of these folks still sleep outside and it was killing me. I was like, we have, I'm never going to panhandle enough to get everybody housing and, and address all these things. So we've got to start some businesses. That's where that really impulse really started for me. Okay. So I'm going to leave that for a minute. Cause it at least illustrates this like relationship to work thing. Okay. So I have this conviction that it's deadly not to have work and that is not related to employment. Okay. Then, and this is like to your, to your futurist vision and looking like I start looking at what tech is doing and I went, well, the drivers are done. The, the, the pilots are done. The, the, and you just start, the cashiers are done. The title companies are done. The, this is, and it's like, it's all done. Title's like, going to be the first one of the first ones. Title's over. Like I have a, I have a buddy that I've been talking with. We actually just started like a, like a little NFT kind of po-op thing that he's doing to give to like title. Cause he's like, I have to learn these tools with blockchain. Cause title's over. Like, he's yeah. like, I already know what's happening. It's over. But I need to like figure these tools out. So we're like doing little, little experiments together. He's like, so, so we're doing all this stuff. It's all of this stuff is gone. And I start, and I start looking at it and I'm like, man, you know, there, uh, I don't know if you know, CPG gray on, um, on YouTube doesn't matter. He does these fast educational videos, but he has a really good one. That's like four times as long as most of his videos, but it's called humans need not apply. And it goes industry by industry by industry, uh, just like. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. Oh, how technology is going to eat all of these. Are you frozen? Can you hear me? Are you there? You hear me? I'm here now. Okay, sweet. See, I was just, I was just, I was just about to text you. To be no, like, no, no, no. Hey, I was doing the same thing where you're back. So, so like it goes through all these, like technology is eating absolutely every one of these industries. So I start looking at that and I start thinking, you know, I've got these books like on the, on like men without work. And like, this is like all of these like economic trends. And I'm like, listen, guys, we need to have this conversation at a much bigger level because this isn't just a few guys that live on the streets of Tampa, a few gals that live on the streets of Tampa that don't have employment. Like our entire relationship with employment is about to change like forever. And, and if you think that work and job is the same and you lose job, you are going to be in a deadly situation and 100%. you need to know that work is meaningful and valuable and you need to have a solid relationship of doing hard things because it's good for you because you're because you're maybe because there's a need or like and so the way i orient that is like taking responsibility for the condition of your city or the world around you like just like that road needs swept let's sweep it like let's do the work um and i wanted to kind of like take that as you say like being alive is work and like, I think I've illustrated this enough to like throw it back to you to kind of try to tease apart this, like the, like, what, what are you hearing and what I'm saying? Cause I think you're, as you navigated this, it got like right to the heart of like this meta conversation I've been trying to have, like why Super. I wanted to tease this out with everybody. Super. Right. And you know, I, I, I'm, um, I'm in some weird spaces, right. Because of, because of my job, because I be as nice, um, <laughs> I, I get to be in a lot of cool spots. Um, I'm speaking next week, uh, no, two weeks at the UN General Assembly 77 on a wow. panel on the side on sustainable smart cities. Um, and, you know, everybody's talking about, okay, the IOT, the sustainable smart cities, all these different things. Um, there was a, um, it wasn't Noam Chomsky. I forget who it was, but it was, it was 56. Oh, I know who it was. Victor Frankel, Man's Search for Meeting. This is a hero of mine. 
Okay. Love it. So the, 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 you know, his approach to dealing with obsessive compulsive disorder and some of the things through logotherapy, mm-hmm. I think are really, um, are really eye-opening yeah. when it's, it's really the idea of see yourself first, right? Step out that we can, we can go to the God molecule. We can go to sure. DMT, all of the stuff. We can do that <laughs> later, right? Why the, 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 the stoned ape theory, mm-hmm. right? Of the, mm-hmm. You know, the homo habilis. It holds up in my mind. And, okay. <laughs> So we, we can go there too if we want. I, I don't know, I don't know how far this is gonna go. This might this you and I might this might turn into uh turn into a coffee date once a month, just a wrap. Um, yeah, all right, all right. But all right. um but you can't be poor. Um I think his name is uh he's the the head of force racing. His daughters also race with him, they have a drag race team. I believe it's force. And um <clears throat> he talks about, you know, we started taking wood shop an auto shop and metal shop out of the schools. And so rather than teaching post-World War II, you can go out and build the life that you want, right? Because guys came back, and this is this is why I have a hard time when when people, you know, talk about, you know, words, words can hurt you. Yeah, but the only person who's in here is me. Yeah. And I'm the only one who's responsible for the way that I respond to the emotions inside, right? Um That's right. Vessel Vanderkolk, uh, the body keeps the score, talks so about good. our body doesn't understand so um felt trauma, remembered trauma from real trauma, right? So if you sit there and you all you do is sit in the dark where you were before and you go over, oh, I was abused or I was taking advantage of all this stuff, right? Every every day is a, is a page in the book, mm-hmm. right? You're moving forward. That day, I write that day. You're becoming. That's right. That's I'm, I'm becoming the next one. But some people, all they do the whole time is they try to go back to the pages, no matter how many is stacked since. Yeah. They try to go back to these certain pa- pages that were pivotal in a good or a bad way. Yeah. And that's the only page they read. I'm like, bro, you can't carry all the volumes for a 40-year-old life. Right. You have to put them on the shelf and still own them. And you can go back and reach them when you need to. But today, you carry a journal. Where's my, do I have it in my pocket? I just took it out when I sat down. Um, I got one of those little. Yep. Uh, Moleskin. Yep. That's my, that's my day. That's, I, that's, that's as much as I can do. And so when, when we talk about um, relationship to work, Thomas Sowell, um, brilliant economist, still yep. alive. Yep. I, I, I would love to meet the man. So if anybody's listening and you know him, here's my ask. I'd love to just have coffee with the guy. I will buy him any coffee anywhere, Kopi Laku, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm in. Um, but he talks about, he goes, you know, I've never met anybody who was on welfare that said that it gave them dignity and what they wanted was dignity, not money. Yep. So you can't be poor if you can grow your own food and you can't be homeless if you can build your own home. Right. And you can't be without work if there's things that need to be maintained to keep you alive. Yeah. Right. When we transitioned from the agrarian, took people from the farms into the cities, right? Turn of the century. We had to come up with an education system that would give people enough basic understanding that they could get in line and be managed. Yeah, that's right. And the industrialization, like, yeah, before that, that was all an integrated life right like the yep. i always think a little yep. house on the prairie is yes. like an image of that right it's just yep. yeah it's exactly right 
you do milk, you do bread, you do whatever. And that, you know, right over 150, we can't, that exchange rate is hard when I can't trade chickens for a house. So we, we had to create currency, right? That's, that's kind of the, the sort of the state of that. Well, and by the way, but, just real quick to interrupt that, uh, that, that image of what well, that integrated life kind of pre-industrial kind of move to the cities and urbanization, uh, like that little house on the prairie image is in, in contrast with the, like I say, I get frustrated with work-life balance uh, comments is I think the alternative would be integration. And it's, that's the image of it. It's like, you work here at the home, you learn here at the home, you build here at the home, the community. It's like, there's this like economy that these are things are all baked together. They're not, they're not. And there's no brain drain. That's right. Right. You don't. Oh, yeah. You don't. You're not exiting it as well. That's right. That's right. You're not, you're not the only kid in your family in Haiti who made it through high school and you got to go to college and you're like, I'm not going back. Right. No, that's exactly the people we need to go back. And now with technology, we can allow people to work. You know, they can make Tampa money. That's right. And they can live somewhere else. Yep. That's cool. That's that changes the game. But we also still have to understand that the consumerist, like neoliberal economics, right? Of mm-hmm. we can buy or build our way out of anything. And I keep wanting to be like, uh no. Every time I'm in one of these rooms, people are like, you know, the next amazon is being created today and i want to like grab a spray bottle like a cat and be like, no Stop bad that. idea Stop bad that. idea i don't want another amazon we don't need another amazon i don't need anybody throwing dicks into space okay i just don't need them to do that right now i need them to hang out here for a bit i want a hundred thousand warehouses that are hyper local that provide everything that everyone needs within a hundred miles of that spot they're in Detroit right now, there's a they're they're kind of I don't know if that they're pioneering it, but they're doing it really well. It's called an agrohood, and they provide groceries to about two thousand people because they took back worthless land when sort of that white flight happened in in Detroit, and everybody left. You know the the, yeah. the jobs were drying up, so people left, and all, there was dilapidated houses everywhere. You can buy you can still buy homes for you know less than 10, I've seen. By the way, I've seen there. There's entire houses that have been turned into beehives. Like yep. they're they, the what they have done there. They're they're feeding the suburbs out of this like empty. Uh, I haven't heard it called agrihood, but no, I, yep. I, I'm familiar with this like urban yep. farming. Movement so the concept, yeah, right? yep. So like two thousand people or something get groceries every month. Mm-hmm. So here here's what I what I thought as a kid. Here's my relationship to work. Okay, when when I was a kid. My grandpa was successful. I don't want to call him rich because I, I look at wealth as having a a personal balance and an understanding that you can do anything with money and you have enough to do any of the things that you need, mm-hmm. right? That's real wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know, you and I both know plenty of people who choose to live a minimalist lifestyle, who choose to live on the street, right? There are some of these people that could get a different job, but they... They didn't get the respect they deserve. They didn't, you know, whatever reason, mm-hmm. a lot of it is mental health. That is a yeah, whole other topic. Huge. A lot of it is addiction, right? Um, Arbinger Institute, the anatomy of peace. How do we treat people like people rather than people as objects? And in a consumerist, neoliberal economic mm-hmm. system, capitalist system, we have to look at people as objects because there's too many of them. We need a number to identify people yep. by. I need to be able to batch sort you quickly. Luckily for me, I found an easier way to batch sort. What I say is I only give a shit about two things if you want to work with me, X and Y. 
And if you have either of those chromosomes, I apologize if I don't get your pronoun right. But what I need right now is, is people. Mm -hmm. So if you have either of those chromosomes, that's as much as I'm going to batch sort. I'm not going to make any other category other than human or not human because there's not time for that anymore. We can't do the think tank approach. We can't do the, the Davos fixes Legos approach. Mm -hmm. And I had a lady who kind of looked at me very, very offended that I said that, you know, we can't figure out in Davos what works in Legos. And she was like, why? And I was like, I guess first, you know, first principles kind of thought, uh, first language. What is the native language of the people trying to make the problem? What is the native language of the people whose problem it is, mm -hmm. right? We need local resources because local resources have local knowledge. They can use local lay of the land, right? They can do all of these things. So I need to build a million teams of people changing their city because I can change a city, right? Mm -hmm. Detroit is turning around. Ta look at what happened in Tampa in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. right? Now, the problem is, some of the ways in which we've been changing in the old game have been pushing people, have been pushing the other people mm -hmm. out. Um, there's a, cr a crazy meme my buddy sent me the other day. It was like this old file cabinet and this lady's like pointing to it and there's a student there and it's empty. And she said, this is where we keep all of the luxury condos that have fixed the sustainable attainable housing problem. And there's nothing, mm -hmm. right? Because another luxury condo development isn't going to help. Right. That's why in rhythm, I want to build a 40 story passive house, attainable, largest sustainable tower built ever and make the whole thing its own integrated city with vertical farming and people can live and work and play. And part of what you can pay your rent or your mortgage is by contributing to the community. Let's so agri, let's right? have a chat about that when on, like on our on our. Yeah, we're circling yeah. back on that, you and I, but maybe not. On so our, yeah. that's that relationship to work that we talked about. Right. Work is life because up until a hundred years ago, they, they say if, if, if the planet was 24 hours old, humans have only been here for the last 10 minutes. Right. Of 24, like, right. Right. So the, the planet will do everything without us, whether we are here or not, it will, it will do its thing. Mm -hmm. You ask anybody who's lived with a hurricane, mother nature going to do her thing, whether you built something in front of us or not. Yeah. So how do we build something that works for everyone? And it's explaining that when this knows everything, right? I can YouTube how to build an aquaponics system. I can YouTube how to make money with your guest bedroom. I can YouTube, I can YouTube, you know, how to do field surgery. Mm -hmm. You don't need to put it all in here, right? You don't need to spend time becoming a massive expert. There will still be the need, but we need polymaths. We need curiosity. We need to breed people's ability to take things and put them together in a novel fashion and take all of the knowledge that's here and put it together in something that's new and useful. That's work. So if I can take people and I can say, Hey man, you need more food. You need more money. I can't give money to everybody because I'm not made of money, but in Detroit, man, if you can give people $50 a month worth of groceries, you just put $50 a month back in somebody's pocket and you didn't change anything. Right. I, I gave you 50 bucks and I didn't do anything different. I want to take all the new math and the new economics and the new tech, and I want to run it out to the margins as fast as possible. Yeah, me too. I want to take the 3 billion people on the planet today that will burn wood or dung to cook their food. And I want to take half of those people that have a smartphone. And I want to say, what can I put in that phone? 
can I teach them enough education to be able to recognize risk at arm's length and then give them access to the tools and the know-how to be able to mitigate their own risk at arm's length. Hmm. Where are my feet? I got to be able to help people where their feet are. And for a lot of time, we told people, bring your feet over here and you'll be okay. Bring your feet to college. You'll be okay. Bring your feet to the soul-sucking corporate world and you'll be okay. Bring your feet to a, you know, two-parent, 2.4-child white picket fence. Ring it against everybody else. Bring your feet to insurance as a way to share in loss. Mm -hmm. Right? Original community, we shared in gain. Right. That's right. right. We distributed many hands make light work and the work was for all mm -hmm. legacy systems say, Hey, you know, if we all get in on this thing together, if somebody loses, we all only lose a little bit, right? The difference between sharing in loss and risk and sharing in reward mm -hmm. are very different approaches. And when we tell people first and foremost, that everyone means everyone. And no matter what someone wears on their head when they pray or who they choose to marry, or love, or what they think that their body should be or should not be based on their own personal understanding, right? We, I am, I tow an interesting line because I'm a, I'm a fiscal conservative and I'm a very social liberal, right? I, uh, I just look at it this way and everybody's like, dude, you're, you know, you, you say you're a Christian in church and what about abortion? What about, I'm like, I'm like that. I only have the things in my life because of some sort of an interaction with an abortion. I, at multiple points in my life, abortion has touched my life. And that's the only reason that I'm here and have the things that I have. I'm not going to go into that, but I have a personal connection to it and my family has personal connections to it. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I kind of walk it back, right? How do I go 30,000 foot down to 3000 feet? And I think about this. I said, well, if I tell my kid, we keep our hands to ourselves unless somebody gives us permission, right? If we can keep our hands to ourselves, we sure as shit can keep our beliefs to ourselves. Now, can't we? And I watch the cognitive dissonance in the people that I say this to. I watch them try to walk through why they should be able to tell somebody who or what or how they do anything, right? Mm -hmm. And what's the, what is the sticker? I don't care if you want to marry your guns to protect your weed. Don't care. Just... Don't, don't put it on me. I won't put it on you and, and, and net positive gain to humanity. I'm going to, I'm going to go off of that, that net positive gain to humanity. The reason why I love exponential tech here right now is because I can make it real expensive to be an asshole in the future. Mm -hmm. Right. Carbon tax, right. Food shouldn't have to go 1500 miles to get to your plate. So if you want something that's not available in season in a place that doesn't have access to that, you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. In this country, people are complaining about the cost of gas here. I'm like, I don't know if you've ever been to Europe and they pay by the liter, but their gas has been what ours is now for years mm. because there's no subsidies, right? We, we, we falsely yeah. fund, hi mom, my wife just got here. Um, we falsely fund and uh, what, what's the government? If it, if it doesn't move, subsidize it. If it does tax it, mm -hmm. right? We, we put all these fake 
numbers, units, not only not only are they fake in the fact that it probably costs way more than that in reality, but somebody's paying part of the bill or some of that has been passed off or the buck is going to be passed to the end user at some point, who's going to be left holding the bag. And it's always the last person in line. And that's always the person with the least access to resources. Yep. Right. That, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it is. So, so we told people, Hey, go get a job so you can buy the things you can to make your life. And I was like, well, my sister and her husband are farmers and they live out in the country and they live in town, but they live in the country. Like if they wanted to not work and just have to work for themselves, they could provide everything they want other than maybe cars and property right? taxes and buy vehicles, food, water, clothing, and shelter. Yeah. You can do, I, you know, it's funny. I thought for a long time, like we're just going to get some land. We'll go do this. We'll set up whatever. And I was like, well, they're going to tax the land. So you're going to have to have some exchange with the, uh, with the, with the powers at some point because of that. It was the one, like, I was like, Oh, I got to, so, all right. I have a couple questions I want to ask you kind of riffing off of this now. I'm trying to think of how to frame these. Um, She's still upstairs. One yeah. of one of the. So you were referencing someone you heard earlier say. Um, you're exponentially better at something if you've seen it done. Once. And if you've seen it done once. And um, I just got back. I was actually in Houston the last few days and I was um, meeting with a bunch of uh, church people from around the country that are trying to figure out how to use um, VR and blockchain. And um, so they're, they're like this kind of metaverse church group. Well, I'm pretty intrigued by this group and there's actually a I bunch of people. Of that. There's a bunch of people doing a bunch of cool VR experiment type stuff from, uh, from VR church service type stuff to actually just like engage. They're like, look, this is a, this is a new land that we need to like be engaged in or whatever. Well, most of that, actually, this is interesting because they reached out and somehow I got connected with them and I realized like most of the conversation was around VR. They were saying metaverse by which they meant VR. And it's funny to me, I'm like very, I'm way more, way more interested in, and let's say experienced in the blockchain side of kind of the web, the web three kind of combo or whatever. And, um, and so I was like, Oh, I want to get in on this conversation because I have real thoughts about like, like when I saw this tech, I was like, this is everything we've ever dreamed of from the early church or like what we've, what, everything we've ever wanted to do, we could do with this technology. And I went out there and um, so we were talking through it, but this, the, so I met with them several times. The first time was mostly VR stuff. And I said, Hey, next time we get together, I want to like, let's focus on blockchain. And they did. And, and what I realized was, you know, they brought in some folks. It's actually really great. We had some really great people come through and speak to the group, but um a lot of people were like, I, I have zero um, experience here. I don't know what you're saying. Like I, like I get VR. I don't, I don't know what this is like the uh, Bitcoin blockchain. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand the difference. Just or whatever. yell metaverse, just yell metaverse as loud and as often as you can. And it'll all work. Yeah. 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 So we'll just throw the word around. Well, so, so we did a bunch of workshops and I actually think it was good. Um, I, I uh, won't get into the weeds of what we did, but like we really covered a lot of why. And I think that was good. Like it was compelling. Like people Simon were leaving. Sinek, people were long. people were leaving going, all right, I'm gonna do some homework. And I'm like, amen. That's great. That's what that's what we were here for. And now we're gonna line up some workshops because the thing that really bothered me, like leaving, I was like, you know, this is great and all. And what I said to someone is like, I could have got a whiteboard out. Let's just say it was water was the topic. And I was like, all right, I'm gonna tell you all about H2O. 
And this is how the molecules work and how it all. And then I could tell you all these stories about like washing myself and drinking it and like swimming in it and like squirting it on people from a squirt gun. And I could tell you all these different like amazing uses of water and you could be like really intrigued. But like if I didn't like push you into a swimming pool um, or you haven't like felt the water once um, that like I don't know that I did you a service. Like I don't know that you actually can comprehend or understand water. And, um, and so, I, so I said, Hey, let's line up a workshop where we literally just like, here's how to put a wallet. Like, here's how to get a wallet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to like, I'll give them all like, like, we'll just, here's a token. Here's, you know, let's just do a cup. Cause if you do something, then you've seen yourself do it and you can build on those tools. Okay. So one, just to like, you can't highlight unsee. this. You can't unsee what you've seen. Right. Like once you, and especially like if that experiential, like once it clicks, like I saw this stuff a lot till it clicked. And then I was like, now I can't sleep anymore. Now yeah. I'm like, this is the most important thing I've ever seen. Okay. Right. But I, and I, and then when earlier you said like, we want to like, you're talking about these legacy systems and like what we can do to like reorient ourselves and engage in this and push this tech out to the margins and see cities that are built around like like I, I've always conceptualized our work is like city builders. Like I'm trying to build a different kind of city and economy in our city. And in fact, I would say looking at like my, the bike shop or whatever we're doing, a lot of these things that we're doing, I think of them as like flash mobs or like performance art. Like we're going to pretend yeah. that that different world already exists right here in front of everybody. And we're going to act like it's real today in hopes that it makes it real tomorrow. Because mm -hmm. if you've seen it, like if you go, wait, so like for me, I'm like, if a business breaks even and throws off value to the community, that's a wildly successful business. Like it keeps the yep. lights on and like it, do it doesn't need to throw off a bunch of capital if it's throwing off value to the community and it's a good neighbor and people appreciate it and it sustains yes. itself. Like it's win, 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 win in every direction. And that's fantastic. Then by the way, if it throws off some capital, like we'll do it again. Let's just do another one or something like that. I think that's great. I guess I wanted to ask you, kind of with your thoughts about where you're going investments you guys are making like what came to mind was it's it, you're exponentially better if you've seen it and so I'm, I'm 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 wondering about like how you're demonstrating these dreams yeah to investors to businesses to like 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 how is it how are you bringing it from the clouds into the concrete and 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 building something to point to um, give me some like uh, some day to day or some concrete kind of examples of like where this where these ideas are really like and 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 I understand there's ambition in these so like not to be like show, oh no like no most, right most but of where what are I do we is, like flash mobbing a little bit yeah <clears throat> most of what I do is deployed because um so my my Telegram handle you know if it is Block Lossifer um one of <laughs> one of good. my uh, one of my conference wives gave it to me. So my wife doesn't travel with me when I travel, but um, you know, I'm married, I'm a nice person. And there's these, these women, this, this is a very male dominated space. And some of these women yes. are, you know, they're very attractive. They're very competent, but when they're there, you know, you're with a bunch of computer guys. And so they just want to hit on them, but these women are there for work. Mm -hmm. So they kind of go with me. Right. And I've got a ring. And so people just assume that whoever the woman is, wherever it is, they're with me. And so they can do more business and it's much easier to open a room with a guy and a girl. Mm -hmm. So she called me the block philosopher, and, you know, because I, I talk about the philosophical approach to why I want life to be different than yeah. the way it is now, because currently it's not working right. Mm -hmm. Very, very clearly, very viscerally, yep. it is not working. Right. 
uh, suicide, mental health, all, all of these things point to we are sick, yep. right? There needs to be some sort of a treatment. And the, the crazy thing is for about 95% of conditions, almost all of that can be mitigated through diet. Mm. And so what I thought was, okay, I, I'm part of the Government Blockchain Association. I'm on the board of directors for the Minnesota State Blockchain Initiative. I'm also on the U.S. Blockchain Coalition, which is the federal states uh, association. So we work with politicians and everybody's like, dude, we're trying to tear down the system. And I'm like, no, we're not. Don't say that. <laughs> we're trying to go in and like nobody's going to go tear down a library in your town that's built. Right. It was 100 years old. Nobody if we can save it, nobody's going to go and tear down a library. They're going to add on to it. All we're doing is taking what the structure is here and we're trying to make it more inclusive. Mm -hmm. So don't say we're tearing it down. And then don't be surprised when Gary Gensler doesn't give you good regulatory clarity when you tell him, hey, man, we're coming for you. We're bringing the fintech down. We're, 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 we're tearing it down. Like weird that when you tell him you're coming for him, he gets defensive. That's really odd that your narrative caused him to not want to be your friend. So I said, okay. What do I need? Because I can't walk back Board Ape Yacht Club if that's what a politician starts with. And I can't walk back Terra because, you know, th these are things that are that are hard, right? That's not where decentralized anything failed. That's where centralization trying to act like decentralization. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. So again, perfect example, old model doesn't work. New, need new math. So I was, I was pulling out of the parking garage the other day and I had my ticket and I put my card in and I came out and there were booths. And I realize that sometime in the not too long ago future, these booths hadn't been removed or not too long ago past, there was someone who had a job standing in this booth, mm -hmm. right? There was nobody, there was nobody crying in the streets over what about the parking people, mm -hmm. right? We were able to try to transition some of them. There's going to be pain, man. They're, they're, every time, mm -hmm. right? And the, the knocker, knocker uppers, right? The people who would knock on the thing and get people to work, they would just knock on the top window, lamp lighters. I mean, there's a lot of things that are gone. Mm -hmm. And when we keep telling people that we have to pay a certain amount, right? You know what $15 an hour looks like? It looks like a screen at McDonald's that I order from now. Yeah. No, it looks no like we can't keep these staff. No union, no pension. The only thing I got to do is replace batteries or screens. So when... When we talk about the relationship to work, it's 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 a it's a it's a much more granular conversation about our relationship to life. Like, what do we want it to look like? Mm -hmm. Look at the great resignation, right? The amount of people that are just like, "F it, yeah, <laughs> I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. It's not worth it." I some of these mm -hmm. people make a ton of money, some make no money, but they all have the same thought: this is not how this is supposed to be. That's right. So how do we how do we make it work? And people are like, these are great ideas. When I first started talking about this, they're like, you're awesome. Like, I love the idea. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, mm, time out. Let me, let me go find some. So, so now, you know, one of my other buddies calls me the man of a thousand use cases because anytime I found, find somebody who's doing something right. I described, um, I described crypto in a, in a, in a Christian group. One time they asked me to come in and I said, let me put it to you this way. You know, how you guys want to share the love of Christ. We can send the love of Christ at lightning speed using a QR code anywhere on the planet. Mm -hmm. I don't have to fund a mission trip. I don't have to send people who don't speak the language. I don't have to send people who don't look like those people. Mm -hmm. I don't need to take our poverty ink model right. of flooding a market with free rice. So none of these rice farmers can afford to pay for their family because right. nobody's going to pay for cheap rice and everybody ate rice in Haiti. Right. And we sent all this rice from the U.S., no, these rice farmers just lost jobs. So now we just added to the refugee crisis by mm -hmm. putting these people out of work. Mm -hmm. 
guys, these are not hard problems. This is basic math, homie. Yeah. How do we get people what they need where they are? And so I said, okay, what do I got? All right, I've got digital ID. I've got on-chain education credentialing. I've got Ed3DAO, my friend Vriti Sharaf, one of my favorite people to hype on the planet. She's got 100,000 educators who are looking to learn Web3 just not only so that they understand for themselves, but so they understand enough that they can teach it to the kids because they know that it's valuable. Because if you've seen something once, you're actually mm -hmm. capable mm -hmm. of repeating the behavior. Uh, I talk a lot about Kitty Hawk, right? The Wright brothers did like two years of non-powered flight tests before they put, you're a bicycle guy, before the bike mechanics put a motor on their thing. Mm -hmm. There was five people on the beach that day. What that says to me is there is five people alive in that moment that could imagine with the understanding, I know what water is, mm -hmm. of what a future with flight looks like. Yeah. You can't unsee that. Right. So what do we need to do? We need to show people why technology can bring hope as opposed to slavery, which is what it's done for most people. It's made us a slave to our device. I looked the other day, I had eight hours on my, on my phone. It told me that's mm -hmm. garbage. That is ridiculous. We are, we are finding ways to get dopamine through likes. The little mm -hmm. red icon on your notifications mm -hmm. that was created by a team that had access to the best psychologists, sociologists on the planet to make sure that it's caused a warning sign in your brain so that you would spend more time trying to make so those buttons. That, so I've read about that. Um, I think didn't they utilize like a lot of BJ Fogg's work and um, yeah. and actually out of that class tiny habits there, there's there's a mild delay on it to make it like oh my god it's not and then it does it's almost imperceptible uh, the, but the delay but, but, but subconsciously it's to cause pain yep exactly and so our um so I'm 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 the founder of a of a group called the Erdős Associates, and I don't know if you're familiar with Paul Erdős, the Hungarian mathematician. He's pretty much the most prolific math quoted math writer in 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 the 20th century, hmm. and you know, super genius. Right when he was like two or three years old, he would ask people, "How old are you?" And then he would tell them and he'd say, "What day were you born?" And then he would tell them how many seconds they've been alive. Hmm. Right, so super genius, but. What he did was he worked with everybody all over because he realized, yeah, I might be good at a certain type of math, but this person is better. And so if I partner with them, I'm exponentially better, right? I can scale linearly one to one to one to one to one to one. And then I can scale from there. So I said, okay, I'm not really good at a lot of stuff, right? I'm a visionary, right? I'm a systems thinker. I've spent so many time and so much time in so many weird places. I can recognize puzzle pieces on other people's table and be like, hold on. You guys need these puzzle pieces. Don't, don't make them from scratch. Don't reinvent this wheel, right? Wheel is good. We need to find three other wheels and something to make an axle. And then we can put more people on top of what we're moving. One wheel, unicycle, one person. Four wheels, platform, multiple people. Mm. Not hard math. So how do I find all the wheels that work in the future? And so I'm working with people that are helping to put blockchain into the universities. I'm working with people that are translating um, Lido Nation actually is translating uh, into Swahili, uh, basic blockchain 101. Um, mm. They're they're geared towards the Cardano ecosystem. Um, Cardano is huge in Africa. And so, you know, shout out to Charles Hoskinson. Um, but, you know, they're, they're doing these things so they can bring it to people where they are. And a lot of it comes down to the end of the day is like, 
we don't have an 8 billion people problem because no one can handle that. I talk about the refugees in Ukraine. Uh, the, one of the groups that I'm part of, we've gotten like 6,500 refugees out of the country. Um, you know, part of the people in our group, they bought like 20 something ambulances and brought them in. We've got a hundred hotshot drivers that are refilling hospitals and bringing supplies in and out. And everybody's like, well, we got a million refugees. I'm like, no, we have 800,000 mobile citizens who up until the beginning of this war were plumbers and doctors and teachers and lawyers and bike mechanics and, um, you know, farmers mm -hmm. and bakers. Now we need to get them hots and cots. And we need to get them out of the shell shock long enough for them to be like, okay, I got a brother who lives, I got a cousin who lives in Poland. If I can get there, I can obviously find work because I know how to work. I have mm -hmm. a skill. I can put that, okay, I can figure this out. But we need to get them out of the chaos, right? We need to get their Maslow's hierarchy of needs covered first because when you don't have those things, when you can't cover your Maslow's hierarchy of needs, from something as simple as not being able to make rent to not being able to afford food, you lose 10 IQ points. For a large majority of the planet, that is 10%. Yeah. So my thought is if I can get 4 billion people on the planet, 10 IQ points smarter, bring on change, right? Let me see it. I can't do that with ideas and I can't do that with talk. It takes work like you and I mm -hmm. talked about and not the work that you do to make somebody up top money, right? Exchanging our value. Um, trying to think which economist it was that talks about it. I know, I know Noam Chomsky talks about it and I know Gabor Mate as well, but they talk about how, you know, we were tricked into thinking that if we, if we give our time to people, they will make us more profitable and then we will all win. Well, if we look at the fact that there's 25 people on the planet that own as much as like billions yeah, of right. other people, right, right, right. That it didn't work. Math didn't work. Mm -hmm. We're 23 times more efficient than we were in the mid 70s now, right? For, for this is a great example. Yep. I had to fly to you. I had to get a hotel. I had to rent a car. I'd have to do all those things. You're like, yo, uh, what time works? I'll send you a link. Yeah. Yep. Okay? That's efficiency. That's a, there's a delta between what it would have cost before and here. All I want to do is I want to make sure um, this is another Dan, Don Tapscott thing. Um, and he talks about right the the legacy systems right i call it 100 million 100 trillion dollars right now exists kind of on the planet that's sort of the thing the people who are in the legacy systems are very afraid and this and this and this this conversation might might touch on a little bit of race uh to a certain extent because there is a there is a majority of people in this country that recognize that they will no longer be a majority right mm -hmm. in in 20 years nobody will be pure anything Mm -hmm. It'll be great. My grandma calls us cafe con leche, right? We're, we're white with a little brownness. So cafe con leche. And so the problem is the people who've held the stick for so long on top, they know that not them specifically, right? But them writ large, there were some systemic things where the way they used the stick was not exactly kind. Mm -hmm. And they're worried that once the stick gets passed, what's going to happen to them, right? That is a real existential risk to the people who are calling for law and order in this country. They're worried that people who look and sound like them are not going to be in control anymore. And they feel like there's going to be some comeuppance. Mm -hmm. What I want to do is I want to prove to them and says, look, man, I don't care. The past is the past, dude. I can't live that chapter. Yesterday was the past. Tomorrow's the future. Homie, all I got is today. Here's the deal. Help us. Help us. Just 
new credit, right? New blockchain. You can start a whole new identity, new future. Every day is a day. If you know where your feet are, you can pivot 360 degrees in every step. How do I give them examples of ways in which we can bring inclusion and we can bring equity and we can bring, you know, my wife's company calls it Jedi, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion. How do we bring it to them? Hmm. So the legacy, legacy system, right? hundred trillion dollars. I don't want to come for what they have because they're going to protect that. What I want to do is I want to open another $50 trillion of brand new asset classes. And I want that pre-distributed amongst the creators who are making those asset classes of data. Let me, let me um, tell you, cause I'm, I'm seeing if I can do this kind of juxtaposition thing you're doing. I'm, I'm wondering if this maps to it. So it's a little bit about like, I, I historically, um, you know, Tampa's no been no friend to the poor. Um, I mean, this is just most of our cities, right? But America. like, I, I was, yeah. But like here in particular, this is where I where I am, where I know we have a very large homeless population. We're on the top yeah. of the list in the country for cruelest, like us and the other three other Florida cities are the cruelest in the country every year on this like nationwide list is put out. Um, I'm. And, and so I've just been watching this and it, and, you know, it, it infuriates me and back, you know, years ago, let's say, you know, 2013, maybe I was, I was every Thursday city hall raising hell way more in kind of the fiery kind of protest mode, whatever, like, and, and we ended up getting in 2016, we ended up getting run out of the neighborhood with the, when the drop-in center and the, you know, once the neighborhood turned a hundred, now they're the cute old bungalows and all the cool coffee shops start coming in and we're getting run out of um, uh, the neighborhood. And so and it was brutal, man. Um, but we had a buckhorn was the mayor here. That dude did a lot of impressive stuff, but it, but like when it came to, the vulnerable and the poor, he was like, he was as bad as they come. Um, and, and so it was police code enforcement, all these things anyway. So, I, and I'm a, I'm a fighter, right? So I, had I owned that property, I'd have been in national news. I mean, straight oh. up, like, like come and get us coppers, but I didn't. Right. And so what they ended up doing was like leaning on our landlord, who my landlord came to us and said, like, I love what you guys do. Um, but, and you should sue the city, by the way. Um, but uh, you're not my hill to die on. And they're holding up building permits right. for all these. Uh, he's like building this huge uh, development project. And he's like, they're holding up permits because they want to talk about you guys. Like, you know, he's like, so you should. But I'm like, I get it. Like, thank you. Uh, we, we're going to go, whatever. So we that's actually the origin story of the bike shop. So I like look around at everything we've nice. done. And I was like, that shipping container seems like a good idea. Let's turn it into a, a business. Like I can turn that into a business. That's effectively, that's what happened. But okay. Why I'm saying all this was I had a lot of like burn it down in me. Right. A lot of that. We're trying to tear the system down. And, and by the way, even theologically, I have like a real sense of like, uh, you know, like for those that, that are interested in the language of the Bible, whatever, there's this uh, thing that gets translated a lot into like, I don't know, ghosts and spirits and stuff, but like this, these like principalities and powers. So there's lines like our battles, not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. But like half the times that phrase is used, they're talking about city hall. They're talking about the leadership. They're talking about magistrates. So we still, these are principalities we're talking about, like the principality of this um, place. And so, and, 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 and that's the way I really understand. Like, you want to see like what the devil looks like, you know I mean? This was like my, the frame for me. And I, and I really was like, but I realized like that a lot of that fight was while might've been born out of like some real good, 
Um, it wasn't a fight we could win. One, it was like David and Goliath right. type stuff. But, I'm going to lose this one every single time. Yeah, it was. It wasn't a fight we were going to win. And and but also like it it did something inside of me. Like I was like I don't like what's being born inside of me. And so one day, and I I, I don't remember exactly when it was. But I and I'll just tell you this because I think it makes sense of this. But I was at a protest um, in front of the police station because okay. of something they were the way they were treating folks in the community. I think this is right around the time where Tampa. I don't know if you know this, but we were the Department of Justice came in to investigate the TPD because of the the uh, it was called biking while black. If you want to look up the news stories that came oh, out, oh yeah, but like unbelievable amount of black people on bicycles getting like ticketed and arrested and whatever. It's just like a straight up stop and frisk here. So the department of justice, but I think that might've been it. I don't remember exactly. I just remember I was in front of the police station and I was in this protest in this crowd, which I had experienced, honestly, a lot of these gatherings, these protests as like a, almost a form of prayer. Like I had felt this as like, like we're singing this communing song with together, others, crying out for justice together. Yeah. It was so deep and rich. Like I was like, this is better than any church service, whatever. But this one day, and I don't know what it was like something clicks, right? I'm standing out there and I start hearing the like visceral resentment that is coming from mm -hmm. the crowd. And I, and it's something just like, it like clicked in my head. And I was like, Oh, the spirit, this is the way I said it to myself. The spirit that I'm here to oppose has possessed this crowd. Like it's a spirit of hatred and violence and, and, and destruction and, and nothing good will come from this, from this activity. So kind of it weird was the, when you think about fighting fire with fire. That's, right. So, so I was like, Oh, this is the well. last, this is the last one of these for me. And I, and I think, cool. I, I think that's actually been true, but then as we moved into like the, the building bike shops and whatever. So I, I, I want to bring all this up. Cause I think, I think it's clear. Like you're saying, no, oh, people were saying that. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, like there, and, by the way, I do think some of this tech is going to eat a lot of their lunch, whether you want to do it that way or not. I just think mm, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to, this is going to be, this is an apocalyptic significant moment. But, um, but I started thinking more in terms of this and I, and I wanted you to respond to this. Cause I was like wondering how it maps to what you're saying, like mm -hmm. where it isn't so much like, I don't want to like augment the structures that are, I don't want to, I don't want to add something onto the library. I don't want to tear it down either. I don't want to tear anything down anymore. Um, what I want to do, and that's why I frame is like, I want to build a city. I want to build a new city here in my city. I want to build a new world here in my neighborhood. Like, I just want to start from scratch, get a community together, go let's build together. Right. And I want to build a city, a city that functions like for its citizenship, like very much maps to what you're saying. But in my head, it was always like, I'll just go over here and do it. Like, like if the school system isn't working, let's just build an alternative. Like build an alternative might be the best way to say it. Like build an alternative. I don't need to raise hell anymore. Like I just need to get busy, right? You, you, you want to, you want, huh? Are, are you familiar with the sappers, the medieval, the medieval job of a sapper? No. Tell me. Okay. So, so <clears throat> fortresses were impenetrable for years, right? They, they couldn't climb. They couldn't, you know, e even if you, if you trebuchet, I mean, there were, they, some of these you couldn't do, but the ground is easy to break. And so what they would do is they would have, and these were usually some of the poorest or slaves or, you know, most uneducated. And so they would, they would take the wall of the thing and they would, they would tunnel under and then they would light fires and they would dig out from underneath and they would burn and, mm -hmm. and, and basically weaken the foundation of the whole thing and sap. Mm -hmm. They were called sappers. They would sap the bottom and then a part of the wall would crumble and all you need is an entryway, right? Yep. And then, then you, then you can take the city. I think 
what's really happening here is the the saculum changes right the the you and i don't have any familiarity with with war and the chaos of war and the cost of war mm-hmm. right and when you when you come home if, if if you haven't had a chance everybody just google forth turning ray dalio is great there's some very easy um you know cartoon walkthroughs of yep. what we're going through right now that explains throughout history why we're kind of in this what feels like a pre-civil war moment right yep. we're due that's right we're, we're due yep. I, I i i apologize it may not look like North versus South shooting one another, but we have people going into grocery stores and shooting somebody because of the color of their skin. No, we're clearly two. We're clearly a divided two nation thing with no with no trust. No, everyone agrees on this. We can't trust this mechanism. Yeah, we're all yeah. on the same page there. Yeah, nobody likes it, but we all live in it. And yeah. so, how do we, how do we address the system from the inside? And for me, it's a one to one system. Right, you you build a business, and that business gives back to the community, and that community elevates the people there that need to be elevated. Mm-hmm. And what we can do now is we can do business in the way that business was meant to be done before we put capitalism in it. Mm-hmm. We can do business where everybody wins. Right. Yeah. The reason that you sold butter or milk or bread or cheese was so that you could afford to buy the other thing that you weren't selling. Mm-hmm. Or you traded P to P or you mm-hmm. bartered. And in that case, everybody wins. Yep. Okay. When you started going, okay, how do I hoard more? Right. When the coins were prettier, how do I hoard more? When I can put them in a bag, how do I hoard more? Oh, the bag is too heavy to carry. I'm going to put them in a building and hoard more. And now I can get a piece of paper that says that. And instead of putting them in a building, I don't even need to use that. I can take that paper and I can have somebody give it to me and put an account number on it. I can change the number. I can make mm-hmm. it fungible, right? Oh, I can do it on paper. Oh, I can put that number on a card. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can take that card and I can put it on a phone. I can take that phone and I can tap it to stuff. I can inside that wallet. It can be any of my credit cards because I yep. can just pick in my Apple wallet, Yep. right? That's kind of my, how I explain from, yep. from coin, from, from Rystone to, to blockchain, fast exactly right yep what that does is it allows us to do and and you said this the best right there's bikes out back there's tools what's valuable to a community what we can do now with token-based economics Mm -hmm. this is this is the game changer right this is this is everybody talks about you know the the trust is like the main thing because it's made you don't have to build multi-million dollar data centers to guardian as a bank the the data right because mm-hmm. they, they're the they're the arbiters of the trust mm-hmm. in the in the same way that you know my tv i remember my buddy's dad got one when they first came out he paid like fifteen thousand dollars for this thing and like oh yeah i was gonna bring up that exact example earlier Huge. when you were talking about get right? it to the poor tech i'm like well, the by line, it does get it to the poor too yeah right yeah. tech tech is deflationary by nature that's, that's right that's how that's it right. works. it's gonna get cheaper right? and cheaper dude yep. let me let me try i'll put i'll put it to you this way have you ever not downloaded an app because it either says in-app purchases or it said one ninety nine? You're yes. like, no, I, yeah. I'm not made of money. $1. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Mucho, take it easy, dollar ninety nine, and then you realize, oh, this app can help me navigate or can help me order. Like it, it it's going to provide me more than two dollars in value. Yeah, but I, but I am incensed by the fact that they're going to charge me for it because deck should be free. That's what I've been taught, right? Tech should be free. Mm-hmm. What do you mean I got to pay for? It's cheaper. It's easier to find free internet than it is to find free water. That's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. 
sorry, I should not be able to easier find water, I mean, find internet and Wi-Fi than a bathroom that I can use as public or water I can use as public. Mm -hmm. right? we, are, we are sorting people out all day long. So what I want to do is I want to find the people who feel like they've been outsorted and say, look, do you feel like an other? Good. There's a bunch of others out here and we're building something. Mm -hmm. And then when they say, cool, what are we building? I can text message them a link. Yeah. Because right? the talky talky is nice, but the dewey dewey is better. So how do I have all these pieces? So for Airdish, what we did is I said, you know, I'm looking at all these deals and you know, this might not fit our, our, our investment thesis for our fund or, you know, this is good, but it needs, you know, they need a strategic advisor because they definitely need a CTO because this guy had a great idea, but he doesn't know how to code. So we need to get him somebody to help him. I was like, people just need like a toolbox. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a toolbox where they can build anything they want. I was like, okay, if I can't get them a toolbox, how do I make like a digital Home Depot? Okay, well, Home Depot doesn't brand all their stuff, so I don't need to have my brand on everything. I can just bring in all the tools that exist. I can bring in Craftsman and DeWalt and Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. And those companies are valuable. Craftsman, DeWalt, Milwaukee. Yeah, very. Maybe not Craftsman as much anymore because it's <laughs> Well, Ryobi, like, you're not even... <laughs> Ryobi, right? Come on, okay, man, so, you, got, you got the working so class people out here. <laughs> so so here's, what, here's, what I, here's what I talk about, right? These businesses, everybody in Web3 is like, well, I'm, I'm building my own thing. I'm doing, I'm like, dude, that's an API. Don't, don't build that. Yeah. There are, there are a hundred of those that exist. Okay. Just, just copy, paste, license it, revenue share. And they're like, well, I don't, I'm like, dude, if you go into Home Depot and you buy a tool that's not Home Depot brand, Home Depot makes money and that business makes money. Both of those businesses employ people. It doesn't have to have your name on it. Stop it. Mm -hmm. We don't have to own everything here. Do you know what the usage rate is for a car? 5%. Cars are used 5% of the time. Mm. Now, not only are they only used 5%, but they also need a place to sit when they're not somewhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so I need to take up arable land and take away local vegetation and basically seal coat the ground so that when it rains, it can't go anywhere but to the houses along the edge of the pavement. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe bad by design. I think that you might be right. So in the idea of making things more useful, what we need to start with is we need to start with our relationship to ownership and things. And the only way to change our relationship to ownership and things is changing the way our relationship is to how we earn, how I prostitute, how I trade my time for money, Mm -hmm. to get things yep i tell my daughter that everything we own is a borrow thing because somebody else can get it after us my family is big on giving stuff and you know we we, we probably keep too much stuff that isn't isn't worth money because that's that you know my grandpa's a depression era kid like now i got I way too many plastic bags i don't need them what am i gonna do with them nothing right we're turning them into a bench which is kind of cool there's a project here awesome. turning pet bags into a bench right something useful that doesn't put it into the water mm -hmm. so if i teach people that if you grow food in your yard, you have more groceries and your grocery bill is less, you can spend that somewhere else. If you share babysitting and daycare with people that you know and trust in your community, that's sharing wealth, right? That, that money is moving inside of a system. Money has a, a couple of things it needs to do. It needs to be store of value, it needs to be divisible, it, you know, there, there's some things that it needs to do. I'm not going to go into the whole, sure. what is money, 
right? There's an incredible book called How Money Works. Everyone should buy it. I don't have it down here. I will send you a picture. Um, it is the it is the most, I think if every person in the United States could read, could read this book, the next, the next, not like coming up, the next time we vote, the politicians would be very different because people would understand that when they're told, hey, we're going to give you a dollar, they would realize that it actually costs them 12 in mm. the long run out of their pocket. So changing people's paradigm and relationship to both work and life and living is work. And what we buy and what we need, we need to stop consumerism. Mm -hmm. We need to stop. Nobody needs to buy a new couch every time. Nobody needs to buy, you know, we bought a slip cover for our, we had a, the, the Ottoman thing was the leather was falling all off. And my wife said, we're going to get rid of this. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, cause, cause of this, nope. <laughs> Put a bag over it. Perfect. It's the same way I changed my shirt. You didn't throw me away because my, my shirt wasn't good. You just changed my shirt. We throw away too much stuff, and that includes people. Uh, I was just gonna say, man, I that's exactly the case. It, it's exactly the case. We I went um a while back. I had a I took a I was I had to make a dump run for something, right? We go down to the McCabe dump here. My buddy's like, I'll ride with you. I'll help you unload. I think I probably begged him, "Can you help me unload this stuff?" And we go down there, and we were stand. You know, you're in line, and he's looking up at this mountain of like dressers and couches and all this stuff. And I, and I'll never forget this too. He said, you know, if this is like the, the excrement of our society, um, we have a digestion problem. Yeah. And, and I, I remember I thinking about that. that and I was like, you know, that's really interesting. There's a way in which like we were, it's, there's this overwhelming amount of waste and like, it isn't, it isn't that it isn't. So like this, like kind of thing I echo all the time is it's only waste because we waste it. Like it's, it's waste because you, All couldn't, day long. you couldn't see the value in the thing. And so there's this relationship between waste and value. And when you said, oh, and then people too, it's like, actually, this is really interesting because we we used to, like society, we used to have, and maybe we do still, but I, I to make it simple, we used to have values, like values like guided us, they were driving values, they led us, whatever. But we, we traded those off for just value mm -hmm. as in like, uh, cost of something right and, Ooh, and all and we did so, was drop the s and put some lines in and it. so and so what happens now is like people are actually valued by their ability to be a customer mm -hmm. so so like the people that i know that don't have any dollars in their pocket they're actually in this city almost it's almost illegal to be homeless to be yeah, poor to the be poor the tax right it's like you're not allowed to sleep in the park. You're not, we're just going to ticket you and run you off or whatever. Like we don't want you here. You're not worth anything. Mm -hmm. And what, and we don't mean, and we, cause like there isn't like this inherent it's instrumental value. Like I'm, I'm, I, I don't, I can't see you as a human because you, we can't transact because you don't have any dollars in your I pocket. I don't, I don't know what the exchange rate is. If you don't have money, you're, you're, you're worthless to me. Because it's the only language I have because we've lost the values and mm -hmm. we've replaced it with just this value assessment. People as people or people as objects. And, and it's, it's exactly what's, it's exactly what's happening. It's exactly what I think we're, all, we're both trying to say, like, we, we've really got to move back to a people oriented society 
from a thing oriented society. We've got to like undo this. And I think maybe I'd love to hear you like riff on this. And I know we probably don't have too long left, but like, I want to ask you at least two more questions here and I'll leave it to you to figure out how long you want to do those. Um, but one of those is like, Oh man, I said that. And then I lost the one question. Hold on. The, um, Oh, that sucks. Living on values. Yeah, I had a question on the back of values, man, and I don't know what it is now because I. Well, I I'll give you. Myself. I'll give you a second to think because I remember I started. Right, good, a, good, good, I good. started. A, I started a quote that I, from from uh, Force from the 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 racing guy. Yep. You know, he talked about how we took all the trade schools out of out of yep school, right? Mm -hmm. we, we, there's no trade in schools. The operative word in that is trade it's not what is your trade it's what you have to trade okay mm -hmm. so what he says is kids aren't told now that they can build any future they want right we talked about world war ii and the guys who came home from war and massive ptsd saw people die just all of the stuff that people deal now were coming mm -hmm. back from war but they sucked it up and they built families and businesses and created more wealth than any anywhere else on the planet yeah. Right. And, and we did it. It was crazy. And so, <clears throat> so we're teaching people that they can, they can get a job to be able to buy the life of their dreams rather than teaching them. They can build the life of their dreams. Very and different. that is a different, and that's a very different approach. Right. Very. That's, that's like telling people that they're poor, even though they have a backyard where they can, you know, that's like telling somebody they have no food, but they have a backyard where they can grow food. You're not, you technically don't have food. You just haven't planted food enough for yourself or, or others, it's right? So how do we build, how do we build something valuable and teach people to trade? Because then a person has value. And when we look at labor as something that we can exchange for money, that makes the exchange rate hard. And it brings us back to that Dunbar number. That's a hard 150, man. When you get over 150, you can't do communities of P2P and barter. Yeah. What blockchain does is it allows us to do P2P transactions. I can do business with you just as well as if I knew you and trust you because I don't have to trust you. I just have to trust math. It's it's the most unbelievable thing. I've, I mean, it just blows my mind uh, the 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 potential that this tech has unlocked and the imagination my imagination just can't stop running it's just gasoline for the imagination we haven't even begun to understand yeah i tell people my mean. brain's on fire all the time what i love too and this this does tie back to what i was going to ask you because it was actually about web3 it was like the waste and value component and then you kind of i think you like went right back into what i want to ask you is like you went to like we were told to buy versus build and this goes back to like, you need to be working whether someone's hiring or not. Like we're talking about that. And like, we've been taught to be consumers. And one of the things I have liked, even in like the, even in the web two space, like that has happened in the, there's like, we've moved toward a creator culture. Like there's more of like creator and it's like, oh, actually this is better. This is better because you are, you are, you can create and cr provide beauty and value to the world. You can, you can produce something. You can build something and and then and then as Web3 comes in, it's like and actually it doesn't all have to belong to these principalities and powers. It can actually you can actually build and build and trade and exchange value and 
hold on to sovereignty over its over its over its worth. And I, I guess what I was wanting to ask you, like the question I would have asked, and I think you spoke to, it, but I want to let you just explicitly speak to this is like, how is Web three uh get get solving for or opening doors for us to do something in this transition where we move from buying to building? Like we talk about I love that we actually refer to the folks in the space as builders. Like that's what's happening. It's, it's, yeah. it's a build is what's happening. And, and I'm, and I wonder how this is going to reorient mm-hmm. our minds around waste value, worth trade. Um, just curious, like how you see this as like a, well, as a, as a, as a doorway, maybe mm-hmm. for the, for the world that you dream of and hope for. Web one, mm-hmm. read only. Web two, read write. Mm-hmm. Web three, read write own. Mm-hmm. Second piece of that, digital scarcity. Mm. The reason that dollars are still the preferred currency of all nefarious actors on the planet is because they're really hard to track and trace. Yeah. Right? The the the, the chief the chief operator of bad stuff is duffel bags full of good old fashioned Benjamins. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't care how much you tell us, Oh, um, I, my favorite is when people are like, Oh, Bitcoin, that's, they use the, they buy drugs online for that. I'm like, no, no, no. You're thinking of Merck. You're thinking of the opioids. Oh no. You meant, you meant natural drugs like weed. <laughs> and lsd and cocaine okay oh you uh, sorry I, I couldn't remember which drug pusher you were talking about but no it's actually a terrible way to do it because it's like buying drugs with a checkbook because yeah, yeah it's a wallet address but it's pseudonymous right look at what facebook is doing right now it's letting you flex your nfts boy just 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 dox every wallet on the planet that <laughs> dox is. everybody on the planet mm-hmm. right now now it's like oh hey you guys thought you were secret before oh guess what we suckered you and now everybody's on here okay that's that's that is a that is a legacy system trying to protect its base the digital scarcity is interesting to me because what it does is it allows us to take something that someone's created and allow them to be the only one who decides how it's worked mm-hmm. right i can loan you my truck or my car. I can Vivo it or, you know, the, the Uber it, I can drive, I can do all these different things, but there was a, 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 a certain part of the, the security, right? I, how old are you? I am 42. Okay. All right. So we're, I, I assumed we were right around the same age. So yeah. I, I just turned 40 this year. And if I would have told you when we were in high school, I'm like, all right, so here's the deal. When we're older, you could be blackout hammered and you're going to have a stranger pick you up and then they're going to drop you off at another stranger's house that you're borrowing to sleep in. Mm -hmm. And you would go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No one's ever going to do that. Now they're the largest transportation on the transportation company on the planet and they don't own a single vehicle. Mm -hmm. They're the largest real estate hotel company on the planet and they don't own a single property, okay? None of these companies have booked revenue yet. There is a problem in the math in which we are using. How are these companies not profitable when all they do is provide software as a service? I can get Hub and build my own Airbnb and Uber. The difference is they have millions and hundreds of millions of users. 
what we can do here now is when we tell people, hey, remember when Airbnb said you can rent your room? We're just going to cut out Airbnb or we're going to let Airbnb stay, but they're going to take their 3% just like a credit card company because all they're doing is facilitating a transaction. They created a better way. They took the credit card model. And we're like, well, we're not really doing anything other than like using our wires to send it back and forth. We can take three and a half percent. They're like, bro, what if we took more? Mm-hmm. Like, what if we took people's stuff and then sold it for them and said, hey, we'll let you keep a little bit. Like, this is genius. Like we can tell people, hey, we'll help you out and we'll take 40 cents on the dollar or 60 cents on the dollar for them driving around using their time, energy, effort in their car. Mm-hmm. This is great. People will pay for that because there's nothing else like that. We have a monopoly. All those monopolies are gone. Empower. Uh, they launched in DC last year. It's a it's a distributed, it's not web three, but it's a distributed car share, um, you know, driver, driver thing. Um, yeah, I was out in Denver. I went out for that. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. Uh uh, and, but I was talking to some guys that were doing, I mean, the, they're like the, the, the Airbnb piece is like, it's just obvious. It's like, we, we, we can have like this tokenized membership house share type it. thing. Like why, like what, like, why would we not, why would we not have, why would we not have ownership and control over this thing and mutual, mutual, uh, aid and, and, and profitability and ownership community utilities. Yeah cars bikes to, i mean dude i have a i can't tell you i've i'm looking at my basement here and i'm thinking okay i've got a juicer i've a couple hundred bucks i've got a kitchen aid with all the tools a couple hundred bucks i've got a rice cooker and probably have a bread maker if we still have it i mean i've got all these specialty tools like this guy shares a wall with me why why couldn't i just borrow his kitchen aid if he has one or borrow his snowmobile or i mean his snowblower like not a problem for you guys in Tampa, but yeah, no, you know, I'm not living in a place where we need a snowblower, bro. <laughs> so, 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 right. Like these things are thousands of dollars Yeah, and, and we're still making them. No, right? it's like the, the lawnmower mountain of trash. Here. Right. It's like, why would we all have one of those? No, not everybody needs that. Mm-hmm. Not, not everybody. I, I don't buy an airplane every time I want to fly somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. You know what I do? I buy a chair and I put it inside it and I sit on the chair. You know what? I'm not going to buy the chair because I don't need it other than to get there. I'm just going to let them bolt it in and I'm going to rent the chair. Mm-hmm. There is public goods all over the place that need to go back into the hands of the public. Yeah. Because the problem what we have in the United States is we have a government. And then somehow we're surprised when it governs. What we need is a protectorate. Somebody who says, okay, we will keep up the military. We will do the things that have to cross state lines because you guys can't agree with it. So we'll figure it out how the highways and the power and the electricity and the internet and the utilities run. Mm-hmm. They protect the interest of the people. And then anything else you want to build over that. Um, I know Andrew Yang uh, from, from some interaction. He and I share uh, out of a mutual friend group. And I was with him down in Miami at a, we did this private event. we actually did his POAP. Speaking of which really? uh, my team did his POAP for his Miami event. And it was funny because he's doing the speech and he's like, you know, Raphael and I were talking and he's like, and Raphael said, and these people come to me, they're like, how long have you and Andrew been friends? I'm like, oh, I've only known him like two hours, but we sing the same song. Yep. Right. And he, mm-hmm. so he gets it. I'm, I'm out there doing the grunt work and he's the guy up front talking and doing the stuff. We, we're singing the same song. And it's like, how do we just get people to understand, man, you don't need all the things that you have. And if you have less things, you don't need to make as much. And if you don't need to make as much, you don't need to work as much. There is going to be a time here and it's going to be in your and I life. And I believe it will be in the next 10 years 
where there will be a large mass of people who will not have the same relationship to work that they have now. It will not be 40 hours. There will be billions of people who are not working 40 hours because they're far more efficient. Look at the gig economy, right? People have five, eight hour jobs. That's a difference. And, and if you don't need 40 hours worth of income and you only need 16, well, then you don't need to work those other hours. So where do you spend those, right? It's joy, it's laughter, it's music, it's community, it's people, it's giving back. Well, and what it if might you be, have people working it 20 hours work, it might and volunteering 20 hours? But yeah, that's right. So it might be work on non-monetary work like we're we're we've there's that that's the whole game it's like that's the relationship that needs to be restored and and we can remunerate people for that that's right they're they're doing that right 80 percent of the plastic pollution in the ocean comes from like 10 rivers on the planet they're in oh, i'm gonna mess this up it's either in bangladesh or the philippines they're doing this plastic cleanup project and they're funding it they're basically giving people a job Right in other countries, again, there. What do you mean? There's not work. There, nobody's hiring. That's not true. Because if that was true, there wouldn't be want ads. There wouldn't be all these companies advertising well, right. for jobs. That's not true. What now there at all, isn't yeah. is a job that you are willing to trade your time for for the amount of work to do. You ever put on a pair of work boots? Guarantee you can find a job. Mm -hmm. I can walk down my block where they're building more townhouses, and there's a five thousand dollars signing bonus if I go on and start framing mm -hmm. today. We'll train. That's not the job you're looking for. I told this to my buddy. I'm like, that's not the, oh, okay, okay. So you can't find something that you that you want to do that someone's willing to pay for you. I was like, dude, you know, there's porn stars that don't enjoy their job. It's a job, mm -hmm. right? Like, don't don't find something you love. That's another one of the things. We, we, we fooled people into thinking they needed to find something that they love to do. So they're running around all the time looking for something to love. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like- you need to find something that you trade the hours for and then you get enough remuneration so that when you're not doing this, you can afford to do all of the other things. Mm. If you want to camp, if you want to fish, if you want to hunt, if you want to bike, if you want a computer, if you want to fly, if you want to scuba dive, if you want to sit at home and read books, you need to trade this time for enough fairness and remuneration to be able to afford to do the things when you're not at work because the work is not what matters. We have, a, we have some conversations that need to be had and they need to be had in the school. They need to be had at home first, mm. right? We, we've had an assault on the nuclear family. And I go back one step from, I don't mean two parent cisgender households with kids. I mean, the grandparents living with the parents mm -hmm. and aunts and uncles living close by and everyone being able to parent and trust around, right? Margaret Mead, go back to the, you know, to the, the pygmies. Mm -hmm. That is horrible. I will never say pygmies again. I'm sorry, but uh, some sort of indigenous tribe, pick one. And they all communally raised everything. Everyone realized that at the end of the day, if my safety and security is directly tied to the safety and security of my neighbor, and we can focus on that and keep each other on the up and up, everything works better. That's what work is. Work mm -hmm. is work is trade. Work is a trade. The trade is living. That trade is done through trading your time and your words and your emotion and your care with somebody else. That's what we trade. Whether there's money involved or not, don't care. But we trade time like this. You and I, this is a trade. This is work. We're mm -hmm. spreading a message of hope because that's at the end of the day what this all boils down to. Yep. The five people that saw the flight and they, they, they can't unsee it, Victor to Frankel, you mm -hmm. can't take away what's inside here in the same way that words can't hurt me if I can protect myself and I know how to 
take a breath and recognize that physically there was an emotional response, but that was just my body telling me that there was some sort of emotional response. I don't have to recognize it. Living through concentration camps and being able to make it out of there tells me that no one can take something for, away from you if you can commit it to memory and you can keep it and that's hope. If we can give people hope and what they need to have hope is to see that someone that looks like them or sounds like them or came from where they're from was able to make it somewhere else. And so I need, uh, we have a, um, we have a, a 13 year old um, LGBTQIA neurodivergent girl on our board of directors for Erdish. Um, because when we say everyone means everyone and we want to reach everyone, we need everyone's opinion. And so that's when I, when I work in ed tech, I need the people who are going to use the ed tech. How do we make sure that everybody's voice is heard? How do we make sure that everybody has a basic level of dignity, right? Andrew Yang talks about the freedom dividend. Some countries talk about a universal basic income. I want universal basic dignity. Mm -hmm. I can't be at a Starbucks with my daughter and tell her, hey, lock it up. You know, we're in public. You can't act like that. And she's a toddler. And then watch a woman berate a teenager learning to use a computer on their first day at work and not treating them and not locking it up. My wife's like, don't. And I'm listening to this lady. My wife's like, don't. I'm like, but I, she's like, don't. So I go to my daughter. I said, hey, Maddie. I know it's taking a little while, but remember, we all had our first job too. And so we had to learn and we didn't know how to do things. So we know how to be kind to others. Kindness is what? Kindness is patience and kindness is listening. So we know how to be nice to people, right? I'm like, the lady's here. My wife's like, I told you not to. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't. She's like, on a technicality at best, we didn't. I'm like, the lady heard and she knew who I was talking to because she was like, I need adults that act like fucking grownups. Mm -hmm. Just be nice. I don't care if you're a racist. I don't care if you're homophobic. But when you were a kid and you act like that, your grandma would have beat your ass. <laughs> okay? We need more grandmas beating asses is what we need. Amen. We need we need people shaking adults and going, hey, dude, you lost your job. It's not the end of the day. We don't need to talk about, well, maybe it's better if I'm gone. There's no world in which is better if you're gone. I don't care how much you're worth in insurance. Figure it out, homie. This is yeah. what we do. We can do hard things. We can always go two steps. We can figure this out together as a community, as a team. I see you. I hear you. I hug you. I hold you. I'm here for you. What do you need? Do you need water? Do you need food? Do you need shelter? If you've got all those things, what do we need now? One person at a time. Save your city. Save your block. Man, this, uh, this is... So good. I so appreciate you taking the time. If uh, I probably should wrap up, I know my me wife's too. wondering what we got to do, and I want to let you. Yeah, go. my wife's doing let, the same thing. Let me you give you. There? Yeah. Let me give you one last question, and I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll ask you to be brief, brother. Uh, Done. But but I want to ask this of everybody, so I want to make sure I don't not ask it. How do you define success? Did I give more people access to the same blessings that I have? Mm. Or did I give them at least the option to be able to have access to it? It's great, man. Because it's on them. I just, if they can't get to it and they don't have it, that's not fair. So success to me looks like taking what I have and being able to share it with as many people as possible. My glass is half full and I don't need to fill it anymore because I have a half a glass that I can distribute amongst everybody else to have enough. You know, 
Man, that's so good. Uh, what I, you know, I've always understood the opposite of poverty to be freedom. That's the way that I would uh, say that. that. I used to do this exercise with people where I would, and I won't run through the whole exercise, but I'd put them in a circle and maybe I will have to tell you a few things, but I would like blindfold a bunch of them and like close your eyes or whatever. And then I would, I would, they'd all sit and eyes closed and I would run through these three things that I would read over and over. So I would say like, um, if so I'd send someone around like duck, duck goose, I say, if they tap you on the head once stand up and repeat after me, if they tap you on the head twice, stay seated and keep your eyes closed. If they tap you three times, do whatever you want. And so I'll have someone that I pulled out and talked to ahead of time, like disperse it, like go around the room, and tap. but I keep repeating this off a script. And then people are like standing up and repeating after me, like trying to do that script. So it's like chaos and people have their eyes closed or whatever. And then at the end, I'll say like, Hey, um, let's debrief that exercise. And like, how was it? And people are like, Oh, it's crazy. And like, it was really hard to repeat after you. I couldn't, there's all these voices or I was sitting there with my eyes closed. It was disorienting. I didn't like it. And then I was like, well, what, you know, I go who I tap once, who was tapped twice. Hey, who was tapped three times? A couple of people. Like, hey, I was tapped three times. What did you do? They're like, I picked on this person or like, I just sat back and kicked it. Like I just got comfortable again. Or like, you know, I went and got a drink actually, cause this was stupid. I didn't want to do this. So I went over there, got a drink while y'all finished up the exercise. Um, and of course the punchline of the exercise is like, how come you didn't go tap people three times? Like, and, yeah. and no one has that, like, well, you didn't, you know, and, and the point of it, and this is why I feel like what you said really reminded me of this exercise. Is like if the opposite of poverty is freedom, and then like what, based on what you just define success as it's like the, it implies the question of then what do you do with your freedom? And, and it's like, do you use, do you utilize that freedom to set others free? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what I heard you say, like in that definition of success. And I just want to like say, amen. And I appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this with me, man. This was awesome, brother. I really, this is, this was really, this is really great. And it was very impactful. I, you said so many things that, you know, my brain's on fire again, <laughs> you know, it's on I, fire 24 uh, seven. So we're, we're and, and you this. and I, and you and I will, um, will for sure, we for sure have some stuff to talk about. So oh, let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's connect again soon. I, I want to circle back to some of this, but, um, let's get home to our wives, man. I know you're there. She's probably looking at you like, all right, yeah. wrap it up. B. <laughs> for sure. All right. Have a good one, man. All right, brother. Cheers. Thanks, dude.